For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. nations and he says this we address ourselves not to their humanity but to their self-love and never talk to them of our necessities but of their advantages hmm so if you plan to wait for drug companies to get it together and to uh, give you the key to the chemical shackles you run the risk of one day acquiring a bacterial infection your immune system can't handle because it's so suppressed by the antibiotics, and there's no drug that has power over the mutating bacteria. So our immune system is meant to engage, is meant to engage pathogens and even dangerous ones. So antibiotics and vaccines have manipulated the immune system of millions, and it, it pretty much suppresses the immune system to sit by the wayside and do absolutely nothing. Therefore, it's really no surprise when we want to depend on our immune system, it can't help us. It's so weak. It's like, you know, putting it in a wheelchair and ask it to run a marathon. So, uh, if you're going to depend on artificial infections, also known as vaccines, and artificial immune system response, known as antibiotics, then you're going to find yourself in a very precarious situation. So, unnatural practices can produce unforeseen consequences. And medical treatments that cause suicide, promote euthanasia, and make the womb a grave and suppress your immune system do not preserve life and would not be the advice of a physician of any good value. So when trillions of dollars are involved, you can bet that the good for humanity is going to be pushed back for the sake of the almighty dollar. So what did the world do before antibiotics? Well, they used herbs, and they used antibacterial herbs, and they used herbs to fight pathogens that helped the immune system do its job. And then those pathogens didn't mutate. They became um, not resistant to a natural immune system response. So herbs do contain a lot of super nutrition that supports your natural defenses, and it supports the body and helps correct any imbalance pretty quickly. Actually, your immune system has several different kinds of uh, t killer T cells, and um, one of the types of cells it has is an adaptogen cell, which can quickly read um, an antibody that it may have created for a similar disease, and it can use that as a blueprint and then adapt it to the new disease it's encountering. That's how sophisticated your immune system is. You don't want to ever shut that off. No. So if you're interested in how powerful you can become and how you can um, strengthen your immune system response, because so if, if you've had vaccines and you've taken antibiotics, you have a suppressed and weak immune system, but, you know, you can bring it back up to normal speed. Use your immune-boosting herbs to do that. And uh, there's a full line of immune-boosting herbs at thepowerherbs.com. You can check it out there. Or you can uh, call the folks at Apothecary Herbs and get their free catalog. The number is 
229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. Now, if you're outside the U.S., dial 704-885-0277 and uh, check it out, thepowerherbs.com. They do have their autumn special going on right now, so you'll save 15% on your herbal formulas on orders over $50. So, you know, before the cold and flu season takes off, this is a good time to stock up because it's about to take off. We get the cold and flu season when we start a season of a lot of sugar consumption, and that starts with Halloween in October. Then we have Thanksgiving and Christmas and then New Year's because we have a lot of alcohol that converts the sugar through all these holidays. And then we have uh, Valentine's Day. So usually we're not past the cold and flu season until March uh, because of a lot of the sugar. So if you really want to help your immune system out because sugar suppresses your immune system, one candy bar shuts it off for eight hours, okay? So next time you, you know, looking at that vending machine with a candy bar at work, you're going to eat that and you're going to go back to your cubicle and your neighbor's coughing and hacking and carrying on. And they're just saying, oh, it's just allergies. Do you really want to take that risk? Uh, uh, uh. So immune-boosting herbs, not foods and sugar and, and drugs that suppress the immune system. Do yourself a favor. A work with your body, not against it, thepowerherbs.com. And, um, and uh, allergies is just another thing. A lot of times you're allergic to your diet that really puts your immune system under a lot of stress. And it and you can actually exhaust your immune system, and then it takes a little dip, and then you get sick. So there's a lot you could do with your diet too, and um, a lot of people call and ask about that. So if you have any questions, um, give the folks at Apothecary Herbs a call Monday through Friday, eight six six two two nine three six six three, and you can get rid of a lot of the um, seasonal um, problems that people get. A lot of seasonal sinusitis right about now. Because uh, you're getting a lot of rain, leaves are falling, a lot of mold on the ground. So um, do yourself a favor, and uh, you can sidestep the pharmacy and over-the-counter stuff and a lot of other junk, and uh, be well. Just be well. It's an empowering thing. My goodness, this hour went so fast. But I'll be back with more empowering information next time. Hope you'll be with us to enjoy it. The information presented is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure disease, so seek medical advice if you dare from a licensed medical physician before using any product or therapy. I'm your herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Until next time, be well.
The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurant. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor. It's realistic. It's hygienic. It's affordable. And there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and needed to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with pet floors, and he came out and measured. And the measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It's, it's really nice. Actually, have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or offices at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times, but I've done it many, many times. So give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge. Ben, Pet Floors of Houston, PetFloors.com. As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress, pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are ready, the Inquisition is about to begin. Nobody invents the Spanish flu. 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 Nobody invents the Spanish flu.
missing visitors. If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead, make my day. Ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Live from Houston, Texas, a man who calls it like he sees it, without the normal political correctness he may have grown comfortable with. It's time for the Texas Perspective on Current News and Events. The show is not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Chances are you will learn something and along the way get to hear some great music from bands you may have missed. The doctor is in and he will see you now. Well, I guess we better get on with it. First of all, we're going to turn the microphone on. That sounds better. The Doc Green Show is live and on the air. Live from Houston, my friends, where we talk about Texas. We talk about Texas politics and a lot of other associated things. So glad to have you all on the show today. And uh, as per normal, we'll also play some, well, new and unusual music, sometimes old and unusual music, things you haven't heard. So that's all going to be here for you today on the Doc Green Show. And, of course, I want to remind you that we are broadcasting from the SelfDefenseFund.com studios. SelfDefenseFund.com, I don't care if you carry a gun or not. You have to carry SelfDefenseFund.com. It's really cheap. I do me and the redhead. It costs me $17.50 a month. And what that means is if, should I ever have to defend myself, even if, even if it's uh, the redhead in the kitchen with a rolling pin, and she has to go to trial, SelfDefenseFund.com is going to be there. It doesn't matter what state you're in. doesn't matter uh, where you're at. It, it's good for you. So I'd recommend you get it. Go to selfdefensefund.com today. Even if you've already got coverage from somebody else, get their coverage. I think you'll find it does more and it does it for less. So anyway, enough of the commercials. Um, want to thank uh, want to thank one of my good buddies here. Oh, let's uh, let's get this going too. We haven't done this. We need to go live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube, but we're not live on Facebook. So let's get live on Facebook too. And uh, get in with that before I hit this first story. I want to thank my uh, my buddy Greg for passing this to me. I had heard some things about this, but uh, this is the first really good story I've found on it. And as soon as we get uh, Facebook Live, we're going to hit it. So uh, it is a Friday on the Doc Green Show, so we're going to have a little bit more fun than we normally do because I like to go into the weekend on a high note, which is why we're not going to talk about what they're doing out there in North Carolina. Um, they are having, uh, they're having campaign parties for Hillary Clinton out in North Carolina, if you hadn't heard about it. Uh, all of her uh, constituents are going out there late at night, and uh, they're just partying hardy. Yeah, they're out there busting up stuff and shooting each other and and uh, it's the kind of thing that Hillary enjoys. It's the kind of thing that makes Hillary so proud to be a Democrat and have those constituents uh, open out there for her. So anyway, if I were you, though, I would avoid the party. It got kind of rough. Some poor slob got shot out there the other night. He was just out there minding his own business. He he, he just came out to, you know, riot and 
break into a few stores and steal a few cans of Red Bull. I mean, you know, he wasn't there to do anything really bad. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, he's just out there to support Hillary Clinton. And uh, next thing you know, well, some other thug says, hey, that's my can of Red Bull. You can't steal my can of Red Bull. And so he whacked him. And that was the end of that. Shot him dead. Yep. The Hillary Clinton constituents. This is what you get when you vote for Democrats. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, we are now live on Facebook, and I see Wilbur Witt is in there, and we're going to bring up one of his stories today as well. But now, toll roads in Texas. How many of you enjoy a good toll road? I, I know that I do because, you see, I paid this enormous tax when I bought my car, and then I paid this other enormous tax when I put a license plate on it, and then I paid another enormous tax when I got it inspected, and then I paid another enormous tax on every gallon of gas that I put in that car every day. After I paid all of those taxes, there's nothing I enjoy more than paying to drive on the King's Highway. Now, the King said, and that's Joe Strauss, by the way, if you didn't know who the King of Texas was, the King said that uh, we're only going to put a toll on these roads until they're paid for, and as soon as they're paid for, we're going to take down those toll booths. Well, <laughs> it's kind of a sleepy subject for some folks, but it kind of ticks me off, and it started a fiery discussion at uh, Thursday's Senate Transportation Committee. <laughs> In a rare olive branch extended to the grassroots anti-toll advocacy groups, of which I'm a member, Texans Uniting for Reform and Freedom and Texans for Toll-Free Highways, Chairman Senator Robert Nichols invited them to address the committee about one of its interim studies, and that is a study to eliminate toll roads in Texas, which is, quite frankly, a heck of a great idea. But just the title tends to evoke some strong emotions on both sides of the issue, and those emotions were in plain view during this hearing. You see, the Texas Department of Transportation, TxDOT, Executive Director James Bass laid out the numbers of how much it would cost to retire tolls on roads that were built with state funds. Let me say that again. Toll roads that were built with state money, that means gasoline taxes, other state funds, the aforementioned car taxes, all that, were used to build the road, but Texas drivers are again being charged, and this is, of course, double taxation without representation. Need I remind all of you that back in 1776, they put a 3% tax on us, and, and our forefathers got the guns out? They did. They said, enough of this crap. But today, we are so domesticated, we will put up with any amount of indignity so long as we don't actually have to do anything. So anyway, we're being double taxed at the least. An early payoff, according to these guys, would be $24.2 billion. Not that much money in Texas. That's about 12% of our Texas annual budget. With the existing debt as January 1, 2016, which was 21.6 billion, once again according to the Texas budget, relative chump change, and uh, that's what building roads with debt begets. It costs far more than if you just pay cash, somewhere between 40 and 100 percent more. As a matter of fact, TxDOT now spends over 100 billion a year in just payments to cover its debt, and if the toll roads stay on the course. To the final payoff dates, the cost mushrooms to $39.9 billion. Now, I do want to remind you of something. 
John Culberson, before he went over to the dark side, used to be a Republican congressman and used to be a pretty good guy. He built the I-10 Katy Freeway ahead of schedule and under budget because he did some good things on that, but he made sure that the way we did it was it was going to be ahead of schedule and under budget simply by the way he funded it. I want to know why we don't apply that sort of an idea to every road in Texas. But uh, anyway, if that's apparently a Houston thing. And, of course, John Culberson uh, has gone to the dark side. You couldn't count on him to do that anymore today. But uh, the use of public funds to, in essence, bail out toll projects that are not paying for themselves with toll revenue was the subject of a lot of consternation by the conservatives on the committee. In fact, Senator Lewis Colcourse, and we've reached out to her. We're trying to get her on the show has twice authored bills to make the tolls come off the road as soon as the debt is paid off. And Lois was quick to jump in again and uh, grill uh, uh, the uh, Mr. Bass, uh, James Bass, of the Toll Road Authority, about Loop 375, Border West Highway Toll Project in El Paso. And Bass called that a unique financial arrangement. And Lois Colcourse was kind of ticked off. She said, well, explain this unique arrangement we have here. He said, well, first, the entire project was paid for with state funds. There is no debt actually owed on the highway. Yet drivers are being charged tolls to use it, and it's currently under construction. The project is jointly owned by the state and by the Camino Real Regional Mobile Authority, the RMA. I bet you never heard of that. I never had. The Camino Real Regional Mobile Authority, and although the Regional Mobile Authority has put no funds into the project, in fact, they're making money off of it. That's right. The state gave them $500 million in Texas mobility funds, which granted them ownership in proportion to that dollar amount. So now let me run that by you again. This was paid for with state money, but the state has brought in Camino Real Regional Mobile Authority and gave them money and gave them ownership of a portion of this road. Now, how does that exactly work? Boy, this is a unique arrangement, isn't it? 80% ownership of the unelected toll road authority that's going to get 80% of the toll revenues for a highway that's already been paid for 100% by state funds. What? Are you kidding me? This is insanity. Well, Lois Colcourst quipped, so in other words, we've paid the RMA to own this thing. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where am I in this? What, what, hey, Doc, tell you what we'd like to do. We'd like to give you $500 million bucks, and we'd like you to take ownership of this road that's already paid for. What do you say? <laughs> Anyway, uh, James Bass said, well, it's actually, oh, it's it's a little more than half ownership and revenue. So this is what I understand, that this is the problem. The road is paid for, but now we're going to create a toll booth system on this road for the people of El Paso. And I'm just going to say, okay, because that's all tax money. <laughs> Lois Colcourse was not happy, to say the least. When we, I, I'm thinking she's one of the good girls. We want to get her on the show to talk about this. Anyway, when I said, at what point do you say we shouldn't toll this road because it's already actually paid for 
Maybe we shouldn't charge money to drive on the King's Highway since they're already paying the car tax when they bought it, the license plate tax when they licensed it, the inspection tax when they expected it, and uh, 20 cents a gallon on gas every time they put a gallon of gas in their car. Why are we charging them to drive on the King's Highway? Because it's already paid for. You get to pay for it again. And to add insult to injury, the people that paid for it never get the money back. Does this make sense to anybody in the room, Lois said? This is what frustrates lawmakers like me when we try to give TxDOT money. It's more expensive to build a toll road, so we paid more for it than we should have been paying, and, and then we got told, of course. So enough. Senator Bob Hall, whom you guys know, uh, he's, he's on the Bob's Clever show a lot, but he's one of the good guys. He echoed her frustration and said, there are numerous toll roads that have no debt on them at all, yet you're still paying the toll. Well, guys, I answered this for you at some point in time, but I'm going to answer it for you again. Why are they doing this? Well, because your elected officials are looking out for you. <laughs> and they're, they're, looking at, they're looking at the situation and saying, well, look at all that money. Think of all the good we could do with all that money. It's only fair to the people of Texas that, that we continue to take all that money and do good things with it. I don't want you to think that your politicians are bad people. I don't want you to think they're ripping you off. I, I want you to realize they have your best interest at heart when they're robbing you while you drive on the King's Highway. So uh, anyway, Camino Colombian Laredo, Cesar Chavez in El Paso. Cesar Chavez, by the way, was a great communist. And I can't tell you how much it warms the cockles of my heart to know that we're naming roads after communists in Texas. In fact, they took uh, over in uh, San Antonio, they took Durango Boulevard and changed it to Cesar Chavez. Yeah, because they love a good communist in San Antonio, the mayor notwithstanding. Anyway, State Highway 130, the state operated northern 49 miles from Georgetown to Mustang Ridge. That's up in the Austin area. And SH-45 in the Austin area. And the Katy Freeway has managed toll lanes. Which, by the way, you can drive all the way in from Katy into downtown, and I think it only costs you like eight bucks. Such a deal! And the entire metro high occupancy toll lanes in Houston, parts of Grand Parkway around Houston, segments one through two A, the Dallas Fort Worth connector, and the I 30 managed toll lanes. In fact, most all of the managed toll lanes in Dallas have no debt whatsoever. You paid for it. You paid for it again, and you're going to pay for it tomorrow when you get out and drive on those roads. Now, I had one lady to tell me, well, I like the toll roads. I like to, you know, because I can get there faster. Well, sometimes. But let me ask you, have you ever gotten on the toll road, and you paid your 8 bucks to drive that little short stretch of highway, and you realize, hey, wait a minute, the guys over there in the free part of the highway are actually going faster than I am. And there goes Greg Abbott in the wheelchair. For crying out loud, and I'm paying eight bucks to be parked on the freeway. Change it to a parkway, because we're all parked, and none of us are going anywhere. But at least, at least we're paying a lot of money to be parked. You know, that's like uh, you know buying something, saying, "Well, the quality's not that good, and it smells bad, but at least it was expensive." So, uh, this is what we're dealing with. We've got all of this crap going on. There's no debt owed on any of this. And yet the officials charge tolls simply to make a profit on congestion 
or as a means to manipulate people in traffic. Now, I don't know about you, but this seems like a, not a good idea. It doesn't seem like a liberty idea. Anyway, uh, Senator Hall's keyed up on James Bass' statement that several of the toll-managed lane projects in Dallas-Fort Worth had no debt and charged tolls simply to control traffic through pricing. Now, what kind of a government comes up with a plan like that? Is that like a representative Republican form of government? Or would that be more like a communist form of government that would come up on a plan to control the people by charging them more? That's a staggering admission, as far as I'm concerned, for the highway department run by a, quote, conservative, in the loosest sense of the word, governor who prides himself on lowering taxes and taking on government overreach. Senator Hall insisted that Texas Department of Transportation drop this punitive approach that seeks to control people to punish and discriminate against the poor and use something that's cheaper to implement and doesn't cost a driver anything, like today's technologically advanced ramp metering, which doesn't cost anything. Just a thought. Senator Don Huffines, who happens to be one of my personal favorites, by the way, up there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, he chimed in with similar sentiments concluding that tolls are simply segmenting society into those who can afford to pay them and those who can't. And that is bad policy, said Senator Don Huffines. Don Huffines is absolutely right. This is punishing poor people because they can't afford to get on the tollway. But the worst part is it's punishing guys like me that do get on the tollway, and then I'm sitting there realizing that the cars next to me on the free lanes are actually going five miles an hour when I'm going three miles an hour. The only problem that got solved here was all of a sudden the slush fund at the state became significantly larger. Public testimony brought in taxpayers' perspective and gave a glimpse into the rage over the tolls being charged on the roads that are being paid for. The GOP platform has a plank to remove tolls when the debt is repaid as well as the plank opposing the use of any public funds to build or subsidize or bail out a toll road project like some of the ones we have here in Texas that are being done by a Spanish company. And yes, you're sending your money to Spain. I'm saying Spain ought to figure out something else better to do than build toll roads in Texas. And I happen to know road builders here in Texas. I want to know why we're not using Texas road builders in Texas. Some of these guys are going out to other states and building roads because they couldn't win the bid here in Texas. Seems wrong to me. I'd say keep the money in Texas. The Democrat platform opposes toll roads. This is, once again, we've got an area, just, just like the trans peepee, we've got an area that the Democrats and the Republicans agree on. Democrats and Republicans both say toll roads are a bad idea, get rid of it. And yet, somehow, with total hegemony in the Pink Palace in Austin, Republicans running everything, we can't seem to get rid of toll roads. Baffling, isn't it? Many Texans are paying $300 a month in tolls just to go to work. I would be among those guys because, see, it's not just me. i got guys out there driving trucks, or my son does now. He's kind of taking that over. But we got guys out there driving our trucks, driving around town, and they're paying tolls. We pay a lot of tolls corporately. 
Since the privatized toll projects opened, one of them has already gone bankrupt. Two in Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex uh, use dynamic or congestion pricing. That is, the toll is based on how many people are on the road. They do that here in Houston as well. And uh, some people pay as much as $50 a day in tolls. After they paid their car tax, after they paid their license plate tax, after they paid their inspection tax, after they paid their gasoline tax, they're paying $50 a day to drive on the King's Highway. What's the, what's the objective here? Well, it looks to me like the objective here is to reduce congestion and to force people onto public transportation by simply pricing them out of private transportation. That seems to be immoral, doesn't it? Taking tolls off Camino Colombia would be a no-brainer, said Bob Nichols. You could pull the tolls down tomorrow if you wanted to. Nichols also asked the Texas Department of Transportation to study the effectiveness of HOV lanes, which have come under fire as many of them now have a toll element for single-occupant vehicles known as the high-occupancy toll lane. I've used that. I've used that. You probably use that. So um, why? Because time is money. I got three customers to see. I got four hours to see them in. I need to make use of the fastest transportation I can get. So, yes, I'll pay $8 to drive downtown and, and to do it in seven minutes instead of 15. But is that fair or even reasonable? But as Bob Nichols pointed out, Senator Nichols said, it, it hasn't been successful in changing behavior up to this point. What makes you think it's going to have a change of behavior. Do our police not have better things to do than sit there being counting how many heads there are in the car on an HOV lane? Well, this brings up another aspect. You guys that follow me on Facebook, you'll notice all the time I'm putting up pictures of road pirates and uh, highwaymen that are pulling people over. They're working as fundraisers. What have we done to our police department? This used to be an honorable job. They stopped crime. They prevented crime in some cases. Uh, they arrested bad guys. But now what are they doing? They're fundraisers. They're road pirates. And they're out there monitoring the HOV lane, counting heads to see if anybody is violating it. Oh, there's my buddy Cutler in there today. Good to see you. Greg says, so how can we get this problem fixed? By the way, Greg, Greg Sanders, if you see him there, he's the guy that actually brought this story to my attention, and, uh, and I'm grateful to him for doing it. Color, do you have sound now? Am I not on? Looks like I'm on. Is there anybody besides Color having sound problems? Let me know. Next, high-speed
Scott Green Show is on the air. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. The doctor is in. Here's a little fun for you. Mary Hill used to hang out in Cherry Hill Park. The game she played lasted all day to way after dark. 
See if anybody got it here in the, the chat room. I was checking it out. Hi, Brenda. It's good to see you in the chat room today. Brenda Vaughn, one of my friends from North Texas. <laughs> Cutler said, damn, I can't Google it because I'm on my phone watching. You're not supposed to Google it, Cutler. You're supposed to know. It's got to be there in your head. And I got my bu- got my buddy uh, Barry here today, and uh, he's hanging out in the studio. He brought me some music. So uh, you guys are going to get to uh, hear some of that as well. But, uh, yeah, Barry, Barry is the walking jukebox. He knows all this stuff. As soon as I put it on, he knew what it was. But it's good to have you guys back. Got to say hello to Rodney. Good to see you in there. And, of course, Texas concealed gun owner. Who is that masked man? Matt Murphy, formerly uh, running for city council here. I'm sure he's going to run for something else in the future. And Natalie Niswander, one of the, the new listeners. And Natalie likes pink. If you've been to her Facebook page, you would know that. But uh, Natalie's a conservative, lives right here in Houston, Texas, and we're glad to have her on the show where we talk about Texas liberty. So, I mean, we're finishing up here. This is a screwed-up deal, guys. We've got a situation where you're paying all these stupid taxes on, on your car and your life's plate on your inspection every time you buy a gallon of gas, and that's not enough. They say they don't have enough money, and... All these toll roads are already paid for, and they're still collecting money on them. The real solution to the problem, well, let me finish up here. First of all, Transportation Committee Chair Joe Pickett, a good Democrat, shares Nichols' distaste for the HOV lanes. That's why he's a good Democrat, because he shares uh, the distaste for the additional taxation. So we'll give uh, Joe Pickett a little credit for that. Joe Pickett is also, however, known as uh, Joe Pickett of the Pickett Fence. The picket fence is the guy that makes sure he determines which bills make it out of calendars committee and which ones don't, and he works directly for Joe Strauss. Thank you, Joe Strauss, King of Texas. So, anyway, it, some people have concluded the congestion on general purpose lanes got worse after the HOV lanes opened up because you had to pay to drive on those, and so even though we have extra lanes, now congestion's actually gotten worse for the average guy. Well, why? Because can the average guy out there afford to pay an extra $8 a day to commute? I mean, you're talking about 40 bucks a week. That's a lot of money. That's, that's over $200 a month that you spend just to drive on the King's Highway in addition to all your other taxes. This is wrong. 
And Terry Hall, fortunately, she's the one that's bringing a lot of this to light. She is a citizen activist. You've heard her here on the Apostle Claver show many times. She's with Texas Turf. That's Texans Uniting for Reform and Freedom. And she has learned that Texas Department of Transportation was to convert her only access into San Antonio Highway 281 into a tollway. I don't know if you're aware of it. If you ever go into Austin now, I'm not even sure there's a way you can get into Austin now without paying a toll. Now, I, I just, I don't think there is. I think you pretty much got to pay a toll any way you get into Austin. Maybe not on I-35, but I'm not sure about any other way. You know, they they did this in England, by the way. You can't drive into London unless you pay a toll. It's not possible. If you drive into London, you have to pay a toll. They were talking about doing something like this for New York. Well, guys, this isn't England, and it ain't Texas. I mean, it ain't New York. This is Texas. This is stupid is what it is. That's why I was supporting um, Deborah Medina for uh, tax assessor, or excuse me, state controller, because Deborah Medina said, look, we pay 62 different taxes here in Texas. Let's get rid of all of those. Let's go to one sales tax. And I love Deborah Medina's idea because she wanted to put that sales tax and let everybody pay for it. The cool part about a sales tax, as opposed to the way we're doing it right now, is it doesn't matter if you're an illegal alien. You got to pay it. Doesn't matter if you're a, a drug dealer. You got to pay it. Doesn't matter if you're a pimp or prostitute or a politician. Some people think that that's redundant, but uh, it doesn't matter if you have to pay any of those things. Uh, a sales tax gets it all. It gets everybody gets to pay that. And here's the best part: it can be relatively low because, well, everybody pays it. And to me, that seems. That seems like a really great idea. If you can get something like that where everybody's going to pay it, no matter what, it's going to solve a lot of problems. And I don't care if it's a gallon of milk or a gallon of scotch whiskey. Tax be the same. should be the same. Let's quit punishing people because uh, we don't like what they do or what their choices are. Let's quit doing social engineering via the state. I, I just personally have a real problem with that. If you guys have a real problem with it and you want to call in and talk about it today, the phone number is 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. And uh, call in here, and I'll be glad to discuss what you think about taxes. Uh, like I say, I, I just think it's horrible. I think it's immoral. And uh, Brenda Vaughn, uh, remind me, by the way, uh, you've got uh, Marvin Tyson come up, coming up there to speak to your group. We'll plug that. If you're up there in the North Texas area, you want to step in. Marvin Tyson is the author that wrote that fabulous book, Fall of the Western Empire. A quick read. I read it about three hours. Uh, very exciting read, though. And he's going to be up there speaking to the FreedomTexas.org people in North Texas. And Brenda's going to bump me with that. Uh, she's listening on the face on the uh, YouTube channel. We're also live on Facebook today, and please share the Facebook lead with everybody else. And uh, they they dropped my Facebook feed from yesterday because I played Sugarloaf on my show. They dropped my Facebook feed. They said you can't do that. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with that, but that's what they did. They dropped it. So uh, anyway, it could happen again today. Who knows? Uh, you never know how these things are going to work. But uh, we are live on Facebook. Please share that. And, uh, in fact, I'm going to share it myself right now. And uh, we got Wilbur Witt out there. And then a little bit. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can pull that up. 
Now, Wilbur's uh, got a great new, great new article here. We're going to read that. Because I like Wilbur's writing, and uh, if you want to get Wilbur's writing, you can subscribe to the Damn Good Times. It's 50 bucks a year, but they'll deliver it to your door. And conservative news, it's fabulous. I enjoy it, not to mention that she puts a boatload of fabulous cartoons in that, uh, in that paper as well. In fact, I'll hand that across to my buddy Barry and let him take a look through there, because there's some incredible... I to stop talking into their sleeves and analyzing pubic hairs and get the hell out of the way. The people have a right for a free and secure state. Now, why am I telling you all this? Well, let me drop some names. Ferguson, Baltimore, Charlotte. With the support from Black Lives Matter being funded by liberals like George Soros, it's become kind of routine to burn down a city every time a black thug gets shot. Everybody suffers when this happens. The attacks are perpetrated by thugs and gangs who couldn't care less about Black Lives Mattering so long as they get to smash a window and steal something. So what do the police do? Well, what can they do? You got dozens of hoodlums in the street going crazy. You got glass flying. You got citizens hiding. Criminals having a field day. Enter the militia. This is not vigilante justice. This is not a lynch mob. This is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. You see, a militia behaves like the army. It is not there to secure a crime scene. It's not there to gather witnesses. It is there to reimpose the security of a free state. It is there to make sure that business owners can open their shops in the morning, and it's there so that old people don't have to hide under the stairs while they're being cleaned out. Well, i got to interject something in here, because Wilbur's absolutely right about this. Uh, those businesses that were violated down there, some of those businesses were owned by the very black people whose lives used to matter to somebody. And I've said many times, black lives matter everywhere except for the abortion clinic, where six out of ten of the babies aborted are black. But I digress. Back to Weber's article. Now, we're not talking about peaceful protests with people going down to the police department carrying signs and candles in order to let the media know that the community is upset. No, we're talking about people attacking reporters, burning cars, smashing windows, robbing, and screaming death to all whites, and indeed, attacking whites for being white. Picture this, full-scale riot. I mean, protest in action. Citizens are hiding. The militia shows up. The rioters think it's business as usual and continue. The men get out of the flatbed trucks. They form ranks. The commander gives one warning to disperse. 
The rioters ride a little harder and begin to approach the militia. Seventy-five militiamen with M-16s open fire. Instant riot over. Bodies are bagged. Police are allowed to make the report. Use that little piece of chalk they carry around and arrest any survivors. Then the house-to-house searches to inform citizens that all is well and ask if they need medical attention. Zip the bags, roll the credits, fade to black. When it's all over, the men who formed the militia go home and go back to their jobs. Now, you're horrified, aren't you? What did you think the militia was, a Masonic Lodge? The Army or the Sheriff couldn't always protect towns and settlers from Indian raids. Raids across border by common cheros or well-organized gangs? Well, friends, we are now back to square one. And if we don't want to see this brave new world in Texas, we'd better pull our, hu- our heads out of Mr. H-E-B and keep the militia at the ready. We are America's last hope. The more settled parts of the country can't save themselves, but we in Texas are still very close to a violent past when we had things like a posse and a lynch mob, and the militia are still memories of those living. We still are the wild, wild west. We still are the rebellious voice of liberty. The police can't do it all. The army can't attack citizens. Only citizens can attack citizens, and they are necessary to the security of a free state. And I can already hear the legalists chiming in with reasons why laws, Supreme Court opinions, just sit down and shut up because you are the problem. You are the reason the cities are burning. You are the incendiary part. You are destroying the security of a free state. Well, Wilbur's pretty succinctly answered that. I I talked yesterday on the show, you know, about uh, Donald Trump being in favor of stop and frisk. And I said, no, stop and frisk is bad. It's a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Well, guess what? A militia is the people. If a militia does it, it's different. And maybe it's time to get back to that. Don't forget the Constitution of the United States not only says in the Second Amendment, the second part of the Bill of Rights, what some people would view as the most important part of the Bill of Rights, that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right to keep them wrong shall not be infringed. Everybody likes to quote the last part. They don't quote the first part. The Constitution also says in another place that in the event of an invasion, the militia should be called up. We're being invaded here in Texas, are we not? Do we not have some 10,000 people a day coming across our border? Is that not an invasion? Should something not be done about that? Well, you know the answer to it, and I know the answer to it. We have a real problem here, and that problem has to be fixed. And the only way it's going to get fixed is when good men decide to do something. And right now, that's just not happening. So anyway, I got I want to hit another tune here. So if I was going to play a Klaatu tune, what would be the one I should play? Because I got a lot of them. Thank you, Barry. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I don't know. This looks like fun, so I'm going to play it. We'll see what it sounds like. Second album, first song. Okay, let me see what I got there.
Answering up uh, the name that tune, I mean, name that band. That's where we were. And uh, so I was waiting for that. Yeah, Rodney Pugh said, "You guys still have Blue Laws in Texas?" Yes, we do. We got Blue Laws in Texas, and uh, you can't buy, you can't buy any. Well, you can't buy beer after two in Texas, because after all, that that would be just like too libertarian, right? So um, anyway, we got that. We got that going for us or not going for us as as uh, we we uh, we determined it. And I got to restart that. I'm having a little, little. I'm having technological issues today. What I need is more computers. I need more computers and uh, more playback units because if I had more computers, more playback units, then I could solve a lot of these issues. But that's what happens when you want to be on 27 different platforms at one time because I want you guys to get the best possible feed at any given time. I see Tommy Attaway just uh, chimed in there. Tommy Attaway is the author of that fabulous book, We Defied. Did you get your copy of that yet, Barry? And what's the matter with you? Grab one off my bookshelf when you leave. Actually, I think I've got one laying on the piano for you. So... Now we're going to restart that. Friday, part two. There we go. So anyway, the Doc Green Show continues. 
Once again, the eight, the number, if you want to call in today, it's 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. I want to thank Wilbur Witt for that sterling article that he wrote. And um, I'm still looking in the chat room. I'm waiting for one of you guys to pop up and give me the answer of who that man was, because I'm keeping it a secret. I would never tell you. But uh, anyway, anyway, yeah, we'll see if anybody comes up with that or not. Moving right along, we've got some other stuff that we want to talk about. Uh, the debates, by the way, are coming up. And uh, I'm going to get the lovely and talented Brenda Cheney in here. We're going to talk about the debates after the debate. I thought we were going to do it on Tuesday, but she called to let me know that she's already got several appointments that day, so she can't make it. But uh, we did want to get her on to talk about it and uh, see see what she thought. Um, the... Um, the old deal between uh, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump, it looks like it might be warming up just a little bit. At Donald, uh, Ted Cruz actually paid a compliment to Donald Trump the other day. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Dan Patrick uh, still doesn't think Ted Cruz is going to lose his senator seat over over this, but I got some news for Dan Patrick. Uh, Ted Cruz really did himself a lot of damage, kind of revealed himself as a prima donna in my mind uh, by the fact that he acted the way that he did. And, you know, and I wrote Ted Cruz uh, two really nice checks and because I was supporting him, but that really ticked me off when he did that. Um Ted Cruz could have been the gift that keeps on giving. He could have, he could have humbled himself slightly and said, "Okay, okay, I'm not going to be president, but I would like to be on the Supreme Court." And Ted Cruz, being pretty a pretty good constitutional authority, might have been a good replacement for an Antonin Scalia who met his untimely death on the Poindexter Ranch out in uh, West Texas under highly suspicious circumstances. But we're not going to talk about that because. You guys all know that, you know, old judges, whenever they get ready to go to bed, the first thing they do is they put a pillow over their face so that their snoring won't bother the people in the next room. And, of course, that's how they found the good judge, with the pillow over his face laying on top of his covers with his shoes still on. But, hey, you know, judges sleep like that. Uh, meanwhile, Texas won't budge on a proposed rule that requires the cremation or burial of fetal remains. Even in instances of miscarriages, overruling objections from some in the medical community and from uh, abortion rights activists and even a few funeral directors that are on the liberal side. These rules were first published at the direction of Greg Abbott. Thank you, Greg Abbott, who said in a fundraising email that he doesn't believe that fetal remains should be treated like medical waste and disposed of in a landfill. Well, I'm tempted to agree with him. Uh, Many in the... Well, not many, but some of the medical community disagree, saying that they're outraged that the state leaders plan to enact legislation and have concerns over who's going to have to pay for these cremations and funerals. Well, here's the thing, guys. We're not talking about garbage here. We're talking about the body of a person. And this has always been my argument, the reason why I am pro-life, because at some point in time in my life, I had to realize, wow, that's just not some protoplasm there. That's actually a person. That's actually a person designed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and for those reasons, I have to treat it like a person. It's sad. I mean, if it's not a person, why do some mothers just completely lose themselves and go into massive depression when they have a miscarriage? 
if it's not a person. Why? You know it's true. In fact, I've read the story here sometime back of several major people, movie stars and singers that have had abortions. They talked about how it, how it affected them dramatically for years and years and years. So I'm going to have to applaud Greg Abbott on this one because I think the fact that we're treating uh, these, uh, quote, remains as people, I think that's important. I think it's critical that we recognize that. I, now, the abortion rights crowd... On the other hand, what they're worried about, and the reason they're so upset about this, is because once we start talking about these uh, fetuses as people, what well, kind of ruins the whole thing? After that, then you got to kind of examine it a little bit more and, and be a little bit more critical about it. So uh, that's his person, uh, position on that. The other thing I wanted to talk about today is the voter ID rules, ruling the Supreme Court. Ken Paxson on Friday asked the uh, uh, remaining injustices to hear his arguments about why the state's photo ID requirements for voting do not discriminate against Hispanics and African-American voters. And I'm going to help Ken Paxson, and I'm going I'm to help the liberals with that argument, quite frankly, and this is what it comes down to. We all know that black people and Hispanic people are too stupid to be able to drive down and get a driver's license. It's just they're incapable of doing it. Well, if they were, if they're not incapable of doing it, then why is it unfair? I'm just, I'm just painted out, guys. I mean, I'm being real with you. If black people are just too stupid to be able to get an ID, then it is wrong that we that we uh, discriminate against them. If, on the other hand, you are one of those people that believe black people have sufficient intellect to be able to go to the driver's license bureau and get an ID. If you believe black people have sufficient finances to be able to go down there and get the free Texas ID, the one you don't have to pay for because it's just an ID, it's not a driver's license. Now, if you believe black people are smart enough to do that, then how in the world is this discriminatory? Now, I've done some informal examinations. I have questioned a lot of black people that I run into on a day-to-day -day basis, and I run into a lot of them. And every time they ask me for an ID to get into a neighborhood, to get into a hotel, to buy Sudafed at the store, I say, I don't have an ID. I'm a Democrat. And they always look at me with, what? I said, well, the attorney general himself said that, that uh, Democrats, particularly black Democrats and Hispanic Democrats, don't have IDs. No, he's looking at me, what? <laughs> I said, well, look, it's the, it's the attorney general of the United States. Surely he knows. And then if the conversation progresses any further, we get to, well, I don't know anybody that don't have a driver's license. <laughs> well, wait a minute, then. If all of your black friends have driver's licenses, why is this discriminatory? All right, look, I'm using absurdity to demonstrate the absurd. The fact of the matter is, you all know it, and we, and I know it. The whole purpose of this is to make sure that certain people are allowed to vote multiple times and to make sure that certain people are allowed to vote even if they're not citizens. And we're going to beat that to death in the next segment right after Frank is done playing my music and my spots. So uh, go ahead, Frank. The amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. 
Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurant. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and gear it back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things that they were looking worn and needed to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. And the measurement process went very easily, and when it came installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It, it, there's no special care. It, it's really nice. Actually, have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this it's not like I've done this one or two times but I've done it many many times so give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge that Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. Time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. The doctor is in. The doctor needs to turn on his microphone, but once he does that, he's there. Uh, trying to get one of my other players loaded up here, and uh, here we go, because I wanted to play this for you. This October 8th, Farfetch is back and bigger than ever before. This amazing live show features local from the Green Brothers. I Wing, Mike Dodson, Old Man Rocket, October 8th in Brookshire, Texas. Check out Facebook.com forward slash ParFest for more info. I'm counting on you guys to be at ParFest. If you're going to be anywhere in the Houston area on Saturday the 8th, 
then uh, all you got to do is just let me know, and I'll, I'll get you uh, get you tickets to go to that thing because it's a great concert. It's free, and uh, you will enjoy it. And at least right now, I think they're giving away free food too. So where else can you go to get that done? Man, I, there's a bunch of folks out in North Carolina that like to know about this, but they probably don't listen to the Doc Green show. I mean, you know, getting free stuff and all that. So um, we're on here. I assume I'm still live on Facebook. I don't know. Um, I guess I could reload that page, then I would know, wouldn't I? Hey, there we are. Apparently I am still live on Facebook. Cutler said people are texting me. So uh, I don't know, Cutler. I don't know how to get them to quit bothering you. I mean, you're... You're uh, you're a chick magnet. So, anyways, speaking of chick magnets, on the newsbreaker line, I have none other than Tommy Attaway, the author of that fabulous book, We Defy. Come on in, Tommy. What's going on? Hey, I thought I would share my favorite photo ID story with you. Oh, please. <laughs> okay, so let me set this up. I am living and working in Switzerland, but I want to maintain my Texas driver's license. Right. Okay. You're, so you're in Switzerland, it's you want to keep your Texas driver's license. I'm with you so far. So far, okay, it, it seems rational to you so far, right? Right. All right. So my Texas driver's license is going to expire in just over a month. So I happen to be in Dallas. And so I think, you know, I'll just go down to the uh, Texas Department of Motor Vehicles office and renew my driver's license. Mm-hmm. Seems simple so far. This, yeah, I would suspect this would not be an unusual occurrence. We certainly so, have plenty of people deployed all over the United States, so yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah. So I'm thinking, all right, uh, I walk in, and, you know, the driver's license has not expired yet. And so I say, oh, I'm here to renew my driver's license. And they say, Okay. Uh, do you have insurance on your car? Well, I'm living in Switzerland, but, yeah, I, I do happen to have a car here, and I do happen to have insurance, so, okay, so far, so good. Then they say, well, you need another form of ID. <laughs> Wait a minute. This driver's license, still valid, issued by this office, isn't good enough? No. You, you need another form of ID. You could be anybody with a Texas driver's license. Yeah, we need a, we need some real ID. Okay, fine. Well, it just so happens you know I had my U.S. passport on me, and so I produced my U.S. passport. Not acceptable. Um. Well, it works everywhere else in the world. <laughs> this is Texas. Uh, apparently. Okay, so what would be acceptable? Well, do you have your unemployment insurance claim? Uh, no, I'm not on unemployment. You're kidding. Do you happen to have... Oh, well, it's obviously acceptable. Uh, do you have a utility bill with you? Um, no. Do you have your college transcript? Uh, No. And so I'm going down, the, we're working our way down the list until finally we get to military ID. Hey! Got one. Okay. I got one Bingo. of them. Got one of them. So I can get my driver's license renewed. And so, okay, after going through that, you know, there's always, you know, a couple of troopers hanging around. And 
So I say, hey, coach one of the troopers. So, you know, I see your new my driver's license. There's a big hassle. And, you know, we had to go through the SWIFT and, and you know, my military ID worked. Well, what, what was, what's really going on here? See, one of the things that when you're outside of the country for a while, things change a little bit. And you come in <laughs> and back in and you're a little bit disoriented. So one of the troopers helping me out. I says, well, you see, really, that has nothing to do with it. The real deal is they were looking for something with your Social Security number on it so that they could go compare you to the U.S. of deadbeat dads that haven't paid child support and see if you're behind on child support. Ah, <laughs> now it becomes clear. Amazing. And, you know, the relationship between this and a driver's license would be... So anyway, well, that, I thought yeah. that the audience would find that amusing. Yeah, well, I, yeah, th- that makes it all all the more clear, if you ask me. So there you have it, guys. Now we, now we know what they're looking for in a driver's license. But that's insanity. And and uh, even based on that, I guess most of my darker-skinned brethren would still be able to get a driver's license without too much problem. What do you think? Oh, well, you know, if there's not a, an order for child support, then, you know, I, I guess you're good. <laughs> Uh, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean, you mean I got to pay child support to to Mary Lou, Bessie, and uh, I'm running out of names. But yeah, I got to I got to pay child support to all the women. I think I just won't have. Oh, you want a valid driver's license in the state of Texas, apparently. Oh my goodness. No, actually, that that might put a new twist on it, but uh, that doesn't really solve the problem for me. It doesn't really doesn't really float my boat, Tommy Attaway. Uh, no, it, it doesn't. But you know, this is uh, the the point of this is is how all of these databases of different things relating to government activity are being linked together, and it allows the building of a profile on any citizen or resident. Well, I don't like it. But I don't think that'd be happening in Fredonia. No, it won't be happening in Fredonia, to be sure. Uh, but uh, Tommy Attaway, my my uh, my esteemed friend here, he is he is the guy that actually coined the phrase. If this is going to get my name on some sort of list, I hope it's at the top. Oh, absolutely, Dave. I want to start. Let's just start with me first. <laughs> so you could change your name from Attaway to Abaway. That would get you right up there. Yeah, that that double A, like uh, Aardvark, you know, that would probably (laughs) help. (laughs) So anyway, well, guys, you need to get the book. If you haven't gotten it yet, you need to go to Amazon.com. Just type in We Defy by Tommy Attaway. And uh, if you just type in We Defy, it comes up. It's got the cross Lorraine on the cover. It's a good read. I'll give it uh, my Doc Green guarantee. And I don't make any money on this book, guys. But my Doc Green guarantee is if it's not one of the best books you've read in the last five years, then I will buy it from you. And I, I think it's going to be coming out in audiobook too. Is that the rumor I heard? Yeah, working on it with uh, the Amazon guys. The deal is they get an exclusive, and uh, it doesn't cost me anything to put the audiobook out. Hey, what a deal, right? How can I, could, how can I refuse such an offer? There, there you go, because I don't think Cutler's bought it yet. I'm, wait, I'm waiting to see. Uh, I don't think Cutler's bought that book yet. I think he's waiting for the audio version to come out. And 
Color said his driver's license is expired, though. You better be careful, my friend. You get out there, those road pirates will grab you, and then you will be in a world of hurt. And what's it going to look like on the news? School teacher's husband grabbed for expired driver's license. You see, see the problem you could have there? Anyway, uh, got to say hello. Uh, that was one of the advantages to, to living in Switzerland, because my Switzerland, uh, interesting enough, my Swiss driver's license has no expiration date. Oh, I love that. That's kind of a liberty kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, so I was asking one of my friends, so, you know, this is still going to be good when I'm like 98 years old? But yeah. <laughs> Wilbur Wittes chimed in. driving to be a right rather than a privilege, apparently, in Switzerland. In, indeed. Uh, where, where they're noticeably more free. Oh, Wilbur Witt chimed in and said, We know where you live, Henner Attaway. <laughs> Well, they certainly do in Switzerland. You know, see, there, there are trade-offs. So living in Switzerland, the first thing I, I had to do when I moved to town was I had to go register down at the town hall so that they knew who I was and, and where I live. I see. That's interesting. And, yeah, and, and living in a relatively small town, you know, as soon as you show up and, and give the address, you know, the busybody behind the desk knows exactly which building that is. It's like, okay. Well, as long as they don't come up and say, uh, why were you playing all that loud music and having all those women in your apartment on Thursday? Yeah, well, you know, they're they're pretty libertarian about that. You know, they don't they don't seem to care about those sorts of things. And and but, not you know, inviting as long as you got me. a permit for whatever you're going to do, you're okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Wilbur Witt also said, look, all you got to do if you don't want to be uh, don't want to be on anybody's list, just change your name to Benghazi. And the Democrats will see to it you're never mentioned again. Oh, yeah, they'll never find you. <laughs> they got no idea where that is. Oh, my goodness. Well, one of these days we're going to get Tommy Hideaway back on here. We're going to do another Texas history lesson because uh, nobody knows history like Tommy Attaway does. And uh, it's always interesting when we, when we get you on here. Are you planning on being in the Houston area anytime soon, Hair Attaway? Uh, I know I'm going to be in November. Don't know about uh, before that. Well, that's not that far away. Not that far away. So, uh, in any case, uh, but don't be a stranger. I appreciate you calling in on the show today. You got anything else you want to add before we move on? Uh, Well, just that, uh, you know, sometimes it's interesting to see the contrast between Switzerland and the United States because they're probably the most free countries uh, traditionally that there have been in the world. And, you know, there are some things that, that work well, and there are some things, you know, we might learn from. There are other things that uh, seem a bit odd to us. You know, one of the things I used to joke about the way Switzerland works is that it's an efficient bureaucracy, and you've got to have a permit for almost everything. So, like, if you wanted to have, like, a donkey in your yard, you'd have to go get a donkey permit. <laughs> Now, but the bureaucracy works because you just, like, show up at the town hall and you say, I want the form to have a donkey in my yard. And, you know, they'll just, like, reach into the filing cabinet, pull one out, hand it to you. You fill it out, hand it back in, you know, pay your 20 Swiss franc fee. They stamp it, and then you can have a donkey. (laughs) And it's like, you know, why do you go through the hassle, you know, uh, of doing all of that? But they just feel compelled to do it. Unless you come up with something that's never been done before, because then there won't be a permit for that. Now, this is going to be a problem. It has to be put on the next election ballot 
so that the people can vote on whether or not you should be allowed to do this. I see. And so and chances are being, you should, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, so if everybody votes that, yeah, people ought to be allowed to do that, then the bureaucrats will come up with a form for it, and then you can go get a, a permit for that, and everything will be fine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know, in a way, that would be better than toll roads. Yeah, you know, there you just pay a flat fee, 40 Swiss francs a year, and they give you a little sticker. You stick it on your windshield, and that entitles you to use all of the auto bonds all year. And uh, do they have speed limits on all of the auto bonds over there? Switzerland generally does. Germany doesn't. Uh, Switzerland, most of the speed limits are around 85 miles an well, hour by the time you do the I conversion. I see that in the dead of winter, but, I mean, you know, the rest of the time I don't think I'd want to drive that slow. Well, most of the most of the time the country is so crowded with cars that you can't drive that fast anyway. Oh, that would be a problem. Kind of like me coming back from yeah. supper last night. Yeah, well, traditionally uh, Switzerland has been like the toll booth on the north-south route to Europe. I see. Well, all right. Well, that answered that question. All right. Well, Tommy Attaway, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. That was that was interesting information. We're going to have you back on again. And uh, once again, the phone number for the show, guys, and we can have more than one person on here, thanks to modern technology, 800-932-1980, 932-1980. Um, the Democrats think they've got a chance to win in Texas. Yes, they do. They think they can send Tim Kaine down here. And Tim Kaine, indeed, is here in town today, right here in Houston, and he's reiterating the Democrat ticket's commitment to seeing the solidly Republican state become a little bit more competitive. Uh, Tim Kaine said, we take Texas very seriously, me and Hillary. Um, I don't know how he knows that because I don't think Hillary wakes up long enough anymore during the day to talk to Tim Kaine, but that's just me. So anyway, the U.S. Senator from Virginia said, we look at what you're doing down here, and we're very, very proud of it, all you Texas Democrats, why we feel the spirit, we feel the energy, and we can see a state that has been solidly Republican moving in the best direction, which would be toward more of a communistic... you know, it's a shame because I heard uh, I heard a Democrat this morning on the on the radio or on the TV show, longtime Democrat. He was supporting Donald Trump, and he said the reason why is because the Democrat Party's been completely taken over by the communists. And he said I can't be a communist, so I you know I can't vote for a Democrat, can't vote for Hillary. So uh, anyway, the polls are suggesting a higher than expected turnout in Texas. And uh, the Democrat nominee's campaign has been paying more attention than normal to the state and opening offices and dispatching surrogates. So uh, anyway, Tim Kaine's down here. He's down here primarily to get your money, if you want to know the truth. And the good news is he's going to find a whole bunch of Democrats here in Houston. Meanwhile, I have none other than Wilbur Witt Jr., the author of Cigar Box and Sharon on the Newsmaker Line. Wilbur, what's going on? Oh, I've been listening to you all morning. Uh, thanks for the read and uh, listening to Tommy and everything. Uh, I had two stories. Excuse me, I had two stories. Pollen is up. We've been working at the house here. Uh, one was uh, back in St. Louis, back in '99. 
I was flying into Nashville to do a show, and I got my pocket picked, and I lost my driver's license. Everything. Uh, uh, now, Wilbur, Wilbur if you guys to, didn't know it, he used to make his living uh, writing songs in Nashville, and now he makes his living as a writer. But go ahead, Wilbur. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I got back to Texas, and uh, I went to get my driver's license, and I, I walked up, and I explained what happened. And I told him my driver's license number is this. That won't help. Well, you can see my picture on the monitor. That won't help. You've got my <laughs> thumbprint. That won't help. So we finally decided that they they told me uh, we will accept of a social security card. Didn't have one. <laughs> uh, and my baptismal certificate. So hey, uh, we got to learn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they say your mother and father's on there. But anyway, I went. I got the Social Security card. That was fairly easy. Uh, yeah. I, also, I also had some... Well, too easy if you want to know the truth. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but I told them, well, we just do it this way, okay? Why don't you mail my, my new driver's license to the last address on it, and I'll get it? That won't help. <laughs> uh, uh. I like yeah. Anyway, I got the Social Security thing done. I got baptized over at the Royal Baptist Church back in 71 under Brother Franks, and there's absolutely no way to get that record. I was screwed. So I was a, I was a Hail Mary Catholic. I mean, I went over to see old Father Jack. I said, man, I've got to get a baptismal certificate, and I baptized over to the Baptist Church. So he, he uh, took a little uh, a little water out of his perinade, he was drinking, threw it in my face, baptized me, wrote me a certificate, and I went down and got my driver's license. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Father. <laughs> the other one was uh, when I came back from California. This is rich now. I came back from California, and I was under uh, an audit with the IRS. Killing me, Wilbur. Oh yeah, the entire time I worked as a real estate agent for the company, I never drew a salary. Never took, never drew X number of dollars on a check. None of that. Uh, however, they said I owed them was uh, one point five million dollars. <laughs> so <laughs> I look at the little girl. I said, "You do realize that I'm an unemployed cripple, right?" <laughs> you know, I said, uh, <laughs> we finally whittled that down. We finally whittled that down. What they did was, and here's how they they used Common Core math. Because what I did was, I had invested in stocks. Now the way they do it is, when you buy the stocks, they're worth so much that value never goes down. If you lose money when you sell it, that don't matter. It's only when you buy it, that's how much money you had, why you pay us a tax. We eventually settled out, paid up with an exorbitant amount of money, and I'm good now. But it was it was incredible. It was incredible. Huh. I really love I love your new uh, format, Doc. I really like the way you're uh, – I've got you wall-to-wall on FaceTime and YouTube. Well, I appreciate that, Wilbur. I mean, I, I uh, that's why I try to be on as many platforms as possible because I don't want anybody to miss – uh, the Amazing Doc Green Show, and and uh, you know I'm I'm trying to do the right thing is what I'm trying to do, Wilbur. I'm trying I'm trying to make it possible for uh, for everyone to be a part of it, even if they don't have an idea. I wanted to be wanted them to be uh, able to do it, you know. So uh, that's why we're in all these places. Well, I was uh, you know today's uh, Freedom Friday. I didn't want to get on a downer subject for some insane reason. I got on that stupid Tulsa shooting this morning, as you probably noticed. And I don't know which way I'm going to jump on this. Uh, one part of me says 
the man's hand went out of sight. The woman was nervous anyway. Uh, his information came back on the license plate. The other well, part of being I that actually looks like a old... bad shoot to me. I I, I looked at yeah. that looks like a bad shoot. It uh, looks like a woman that probably should not have been a police officer to begin with, and you turn her loose with a badge in the gun, and this is what's going to happen. That's just well, me. If, uh, you, you, you got it. That's that's the way I'm kind of leaning. In fact, today uh, I was talking with Kent Franks, who's a friend of mine up in New Jersey. Uh, a big, he's a black advocate and everything. But I remind said, uh, Wyatt Earp did not shoot Ike Clanton. And he, and he, uh, PM'd me back. He said, uh, well, forget I'm what you call one of them Yankees. And, and what does that mean? I said, what that means is during the gunfight at the OK Corral, I seen him a clip from the movie, which is historically accurate. Mm-hmm. With bullets flying, smoke flying, people screaming and running and everything, Ike Clanton ran toward Earp screaming, I'm not armed, and Earp slapped him out of the way and said, fight or get out of the way. He didn't shoot an unarmed man. Or he didn't shoot a man who had a gun that was not aiming at him. And I keep going back to that, and I keep getting these people telling me, oh, you know, that doesn't hold today. What do you mean it doesn't hold? Well, you know, the same bullets. Bullets were a little bit bigger back then, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact. Uh, Mm-hmm. I think, now the man, I don't know why the man was walking with his hands up unless he was just irritated. He might have had car trouble. Uh, it's going to look awful darn That's funny sweet. if his autopsy comes back and he's diabetic and he was having an episode. That's going to look awful embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's a bad shoot, and that's what I said before. While we were discussing bullets, oh, I, I had to pull out my uh, 1836 uh, Colt, <laughs> Army Colt uh, 4044. I got my buddy Barry here. Barry actually uh, has a Dirty Harry special of 44 Magnum with a seven-inch barrel, and uh, so yeah, we love big guns around here. <laughs> but yeah, things were different. Well, the other thing that I analyzed though is like when I was doing that shoot no shoot simulator, and I'm facing a guy that I don't know in a dark room, and uh, happens to be black, wearing a hoodie. And he says, uh, hey, you know, my ID's right here in the desk drawer. And he dives in there. But I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, my finger is one millisecond from the trigger. If he comes out of that drawer with a gun, I can still shoot him. I've still got time to get my finger on the trigger. But I need to find out, you know, does he have a gun in that drawer? Or is he really just, just uh, you know, a scared black guy reaching for his ID? And... And as it turns out, that's what he was. He reached for his ID, pulled it out, and showed it to me, and everything's cool, and I didn't kill him. I don't know if uh, police officers go through this, and somebody else mentioned that that woman was really afraid of black people and that she was not experienced in being around large black men. And the guy was a giant. I mean, he was freaking huge. He's a big, he's a big old boy, and you can hear, Doc, you can hear it in her voice. Yeah. 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 And she was terrified. I put, I put the whole video up. I found it there. I put it up on your morning show. Uh, oh, good. I haven't been by there yet. Well, it's there. She stumbles over to the body. One officer takes her to the other side of the car, your consoler, uh, and, and the voice and everything. Uh, the other officers, though, the one had his taser out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other officers had the gun, but they didn't fire. And I really think... When well, that's it. She wasn't by herself either. I mean, it, there were she had no. backup either either already there or nearly on the way. Yeah, and I, I'm not a little I think that was a bad shoot. Say, I think this was a what you just said was a blatant case of racism. 
she was afraid of a large black man, had no idea he's probably a deacon of his church, no idea why his car was there. Yeah. No idea at all. He was just large, a large black man, and we all know how those people are, and that's why the poor man got shot. Well, I, you know, that's what I'm saying. I'm afraid it was just a bad shoot, and, and I hate to see it. Uh, Wilbur Witt, the author of that book, Cigar Box, you guys should get that on Amazon.com. Also the author of the book, Sharon, among other things. He writes every day, and you can find most of that on the Doc Green Morning Show. We're going to hit a break, and we'll be right back. Thank you for calling in, Wilbur. I appreciate it. Thank you, Doc. The amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called, and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state. Anytime. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. 
TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. The doctor is in. Doc Green Show, live from Houston, RagingElephantsRadio.com and AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Don't forget, you can also get me on the TuneIn Radio app. You just go to TuneIn Radio app, and you can type in either Raging Elephants Radio there, and uh, you can type in uh, AMVRNet and uh, get me on TuneIn Radio. So, because I don't want you missing a moment of the Doc Green Show. I'm wondering if Cutler's still in the chat room or if his wife came home and gave him some honeydews. That's entirely possible. So, uh... Anyway, I'm not saying Cutler's impact. I'm not saying that. I'm just, you know. But uh, on the other hand, I don't think Tammy puts up with a lot of crap. I think she's got certain things she has expectations for, and uh, and Cutler has to uh, be there to provide those expectations. But getting back into the driver's license issue, I see that uh, yes, some wise guy said, do you have to have a permit to get a Texas girl on the couch? So... Uh, I don't I don't I think if you're in Switzerland you need a permit for that but I don't think you need that in Texas. Um and uh the answer the other question that was asked in the chat room is uh do you, is uh is that a lifetime permit for the donkey? And Tommy said I think it's good for the life of the donkey. So if your donkey dies, you probably have to get a new permit for a different donkey. And, of course, you'll have to provide your birth certificate. Meanwhile, uh, my buddy Barry here was telling me about his recent experience. He he went down to get his or he sent in his paperwork to get his driver's license renewed. Tell us about that, Barry. Well, I got a letter in the mail saying that I would not be able to get it by in the mail. I'd have to go down to do it in person. I had to go down to the driver's license office. No problem. Yeah, well, so I toddled down there, and I show up. Nobody said anything about anything, and they tell me, that I needed a passport or a birth certificate to get my driver's license. <laughs> now they wouldn't take Tommy's passport. That wasn't good enough. When yeah. You well, they would. They would have taken a passport, but uh, and I'm like, well, I've lived here for 60 years. Why do I have to show you a birth certificate now? Nobody could tell me. <laughs> Nobody could tell me. They just. Uh, you know, it, it just everybody's looking around. Well, we don't know. Uh, you just got to have it. <laughs> so after standing... Ain't no, ain't no damn reason for it. It's just our policy. <laughs> yeah. After standing in line for, well, you know how long it takes. Oh, I, I look, I hate going to the DMV. <sighs> oh, it's it's terrible. Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah. And I've been in there when there was like 12 people, and I still had to take a number, and it took an hour. Yeah. And now, you know, there were, like, I had been there for, I don't know, two and a half hours, and I get up to the window... Only to find out that I can't, I got to come back. So, I got, you know, in the meantime, my license is ex- expired because I've never been out of the country, unfortunately. Yeah. So I don't have a passport, so I got to get a birth certificate. Well, that only took about a month. 
Yeah. Oh, just a month to get that. Yeah. yeah. Well, roughly. So you know, I'm driving around on an expired license because these morons want a birth certificate. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? What? What about last year? No. Now, now, why didn't you just tell tell him uh, no hablo español or no hablo English? Uh, you know, my name is Jose Manis. Well, I could have just faked my best uh, Indian accent and told him I owned a convenience store, which would have got me in. Well, I I don't know. You know, it seems to be like illegal aliens can come into the United States and into Texas do pretty much anything they want. And uh, the rest of us, uh, you know, have a problem. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Texas concealed gun owner says your handgun license will not help either. That's right. I showed up the other day and I didn't have my driver's license, but I had, I had my license to carry. Yeah, which has my driver's license number, number on five. it. Mm-hmm. They yeah. said nope, not acceptable ID. No, we need some other form of ID. Do you have a credit card? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, they would. Yeah. Be- a credit card was acceptable, but my license to carry, for which I had to have an FBI background check yeah. to get, right, not acceptable. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's just to the point of being ridiculous. Yeah, uh, what was that? Uh, from the sublime to the ridiculous. Some, somebody mentioned that one time. But the, the the whole thing is ridiculous. It's out of control. And uh, I needed to mention this. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, Brenda got back to me. Uh, Brenda says, yes, our Freedom Texas meeting on September the 29th, guys, that's next week, September the 29th, and it's going to be at 601 South Washburn in Decatur, Texas, and that's up in north central Texas. Uh, the last time I went up there, Tommy Attaway drove all the way over from Dallas to Decatur, so, uh, you know, if you're anywhere within a couple of hours, it's worth driving over there to hear Marvin Tyson, and they have it at a pizza hut, so you can get something to eat while you're there. And, uh, you know, come on in, have some fun, listen to some Texas talk. And, uh, you know, if you bring uh, bring a few bucks, uh, Marvin Tyson will probably sell you a book and autograph it while he's there. But it's uh, it's another worthy read, and I, I would do it. So, uh, anyway, Brenda's uh, on the YouTube channel, and, and we do have a little chat room over there as well on the YouTube channel. But the Facebook channel seems to be where all the action is. I don't know if Natalie's still there or not. Natalie, are you still there? So, um, and Rodney, Rodney Pugh told me that he's a bass player. So, uh, I, I didn't know that. See, we got a, got a mutual bass player in there. I, uh, put a picture of, uh, of me playing bass on his, uh, on his, uh, Facebook page. And I did, cause I, I, uh, I realized he's a bass player. So I said, Hey, I'll pull a picture of Doc playing bass. You know, so I type in B-A-S-S. I brought up a picture of me holding a bass. <laughs> So, so uh, anyway, Doc playing bass, that's what it was. So uh, I think Cutler's already split out of here, so I'm not going to be able to abuse him anymore today. Now you can pick up first thing in the morning. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Tommy Attaway said when it comes to permits, dogs and cats are different. They are taxed. Uh, there's an annual tax you pay to have a dog or a cat in Switzerland. That would never work here in the United States because I saw some lady on the news the other day. She had like 50 cats in her condo, and uh, to hear the lady that was complaining about it, uh, so the downstairs lady, she brought in a health inspector, and the first guy walks in, and he immediately starts gagging. He said, the smell of cat urine is just, uh, you know, it's killing him. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's why I never buy a piece of a building that's got a bunch of other people living in it, because I can't control what they do with their piece of the building. 
So I just prefer to have my own house, thank you very much. And that way, if my neighbor's got some objectionable animal, at least there's a little separation. Uh, of course, my next-door neighbor used to find it objectionable because I had a Doberman, but uh, he hated that. Oh, man, drove him crazy, poor guy. But uh, anyway, he repented, finally. Moving right along, we, I know we got some more stuff we got to do here today. Uh, i got to play another another song here for you because it is, it is Freedom Friday. And uh, normally I would play a piece of my Freedom Friday Chicago thing, but Facebook gets all upset when I do that, so I'm not going to do that today. But um, this looks like fun. I have, you know, I have no idea what uh, some of these songs are on here. I'm, I'm going to have to have to get back. Oh well, no wonder they're playing more. They're playing. They're, these are flak files. That explains a whole lot. It interrupted my recording a while ago, my show recording, when I decided to play that. So it's a flak file. So I'm going to have to do this different. Uh, in any case, uh, has anybody actually seen Hillary anywhere? Because the rumor is that Hillary Clinton has, uh, well, she hasn't exactly died and gone to heaven. But uh, Hillary's got some serious problems, guys. Uh, she's, not, she's not healthy. She's not healthy at all. And uh, this, this has uh, created some issues, and we don't know what we're going to do about it because the debates are coming up. And if you saw her on that show, uh, what was that? Uh, I forget what the guy's name. In between the ferns. or Yeah, yeah, like between that. two ferns. Show. Yeah. If you saw her on that, she looked like she's on drugs. I mean, she looked like she, looked like she might have been token up a little bit. <laughs> I, not, Hillary would never do that. I know it's legal in a lot of states, but Hillary would never toke up. Uh, she's going to be president of the United States for crying out loud. But anyway, here's here's a little bit of music that I can play without going to player number two. That band, guys, come on. Ah, Tex got it. Ah, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, Tex got it. Yes, the grassroots. Susan, uh, Susan gets bread. Not a bad guess, but uh, a lot of people don't know that uh, bread was actually a group made up of studio musicians. They played on everybody else's albums. They finally said, "Hey, why don't we? You know, we're pretty good. Why don't we make our own record?" And they they did. And they had a they, I don't know three or four albums that they got out of that. Susan said, "What about Hillary? Why can't they just prop her up on the gurney?" Dex <laughs> uh, said, "Look, if you're looking for Hillary, all you got to do is lift under lift up a rock. She's under there." So uh, anyway. Um. Yeah, Tex said, I come to listen to Doc. I don't listen to the morons on Facebook. That's why we share Doc's link. <laughs> so anyway, well, I'm glad that you guys are all out there. I, I really, truly appreciate it. Uh, breaking news, Ted Cruz says, I am voting for Donald Trump. Now, this is huge. Now, the reason I think this happened is because Rick Perry went to him and said, Bud, you either get behind Trump or your, your political career in Texas is over. Now, I know, I know Rick is not the governor anymore. Uh, I know he's all hat and no cattle, and he's dancing with the stars. I understand that. But uh, nonetheless, Rick Perry still wields some degree of weight here in Texas. And uh, when, when, uh, when Ted Cruz uh, hears from Rick Perry, I think it's going to change some minds. I do. So anyway, uh, it's, it's unclear whether he'll only say he's voting for the Republican nominee or for or specifically calling out uh, Donald Trump, as other lawmakers have done, uh, offering a more fully-throated uh, endorsement. But nonetheless, uh, that, that's the word on the street just in that he is going to do it. Steve Deese, who happens to be a prominent conservative Iowa talk show host, uh, and a major cruiser uh, also tweeted Friday that uh, Ted Cruz is going to endorse Trump. Uh, I'm just glad to hear it, guys, because, you know, I hate to say it. I know you've heard it in various formats uh, before, but really, truly, this is, this is, is the most important election of our lifetime. Absolutely, and I, I don't think we get second chances on this. I, I don't, and I don't think there are any other options. I think uh, I think you either get behind Ted Cruz, uh, Ted Cruz, you either get behind Donald Trump, or kiss your behind goodbye. I think those I think those are your two options, and if you don't do that, you lose. I mean that's that's it. We're going to lose it all. Now the only reason why I would support Hillary Clinton is there is a group of people out there that say that if Hillary is elected. Texas will vote for secession. That would be enough for me. I, that's almost enough for me to vote for Hillary, <laughs> but uh, not quite. Meanwhile, uh, my good buddy Ken Paxton, um, whom I played yesterday after I played Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, and I played uh, some of my calls to Ken Paxton. I've actually got a 20-minute montage, which I'm not going to play today, of me trying to reach Ted, uh, Ken Paxton on the phone. I actually went up to Ken Paxton's office, me and, uh, and Mike, we went up there. We, we went right up to his office, knocked on the door, and they wouldn't let us in. Seems, seems my reputation had preceded me. But they didn't want to talk to me, and they, they, didn't, they wouldn't let us in, and Mike Appleton wasn't happy about it either. But uh, nonetheless, we went up there to talk to him, and he wouldn't let us in. But Ken Paxton is doing it again. Yes, he is suing the federal government. I know that's hard to believe. He's only done it like 26 times since he's been in office. And uh, he's joining his counterpart in Nevada, Adam Lexalt, to file a lawsuit on behalf of 21 states 
He said, the rule announced earlier this year by the Department of Labor is another example of Obama trying to write a one-size-fits-all law and putting it into effect without any congressional approval on December 1st to double the salary threshold under which workers qualify for overtime pay from 455 a week to 913 a week. Now, that means if you make $913 a week, but you have to work some extra hours, then you get overtime. Now, there are pros and there are cons. The Labor Department estimates this rule is going to bring an additional $4.2 million to workers, and a lot of those workers work for the government. So here's the pro. Why should we do this? Well, the fact of the matter is, a dollar in 1964 if you were getting a dollar an hour in 1964 today, you would be getting $20 an hour. Everybody out there, raise, make a $20 an hour raise your hand. That's what I thought. Not, not that many hands got raised. Uh, but do you see my point? If you're getting a dollar an hour today, it's worth about 20 bucks an hour in 1964. So that is the reason why maybe the overtime rules should be raised. But the fact of the matter is, it's, a, it's still a bad rule. It's, it's a really bad rule, and it doesn't solve any problems. I, for one, and you know, I've, I've said it many times here on the show, I believe the minimum wage should be abolished. I think that if you can get somebody to come and work for you for a quarter an hour, and they're willing to work for a quarter an hour, you should hire them, and they should take that job. Who would take that job? Well, maybe a high school student. I've got a lot of stuff around here that needs to be done. I do. I've got a lot of stuff that needs to be done, alphabetization, alphabetizing. My album collection occasionally needs a little work. I would hire somebody. I'd pay them, heck, I'd pay them two bucks an hour if they'd come and do it. Now, I would benefit from that, right, because my collection would be cleaned up and re-alphabetized. Over here to my right, uh, I'll move the other camera for you guys to see it, I have a large collection of CDs, thousands of them in there because I'm a music freak. And they're, they're, uh, it's not quite as clean and tidy as I would like it. It's, it's, uh, it needs a little work. I would pay somebody a couple bucks an hour if they would come and do that. But you see, legally, I can't do that. Legally, they won't let me do that. So I don't hire anybody. What's the end result? Well, it used to be, I mean, back, back in the uh, late 60s, I had a job working at the uh, Ranger Hotel. My job was to wash windows. I'd take my ammonia and water, and I'd go out there and I'd wash windows. Quarter, quarter an hour is what they paid me, 25 cents an hour. And I'd get it all done in about uh, two or three hours, and I'd you know, walk away with 75 cents or a buck. And, of course, back then you could buy a gallon of gas for about 20 cents. So, you know, it wasn't a bad deal for me. It wasn't a bad deal for them. Um, if I was getting that same quarter an hour today, I guess it'd be what about five bucks an hour or something like that. So maybe ten bucks an hour. Well, let's see. We can figure that out. Point two five times twenty. It'd be five bucks an hour. There it is. Five bucks an hour is what I'd be getting today to go to go do that. Now. We have done a lot of really bad things to people here in Texas and in America in general. First of all, we bring in too many illegal aliens. And what kind of jobs do these guys get? They get jobs that are relatively low-skilled, don't require you to be able to be articulate. You don't have to speak good English, uh, but you can go out and you can dig a ditch. 
uh, you can do all these things, but these are low-skill jobs, and they consequently they pay low. Now, I happen to know from experience, if you show up at Home Depot and you want to hire somebody to go uh, dig a ditch for you, uh, the going rate is $65 plus a Big Mac. Because the illegal aliens have decided, wait a minute, I should get paid if I'm going to go do this. Well, figure that out. 65 plus a Big Mac, that's about 7 bucks. Divided by 8, that's 9 bucks an hour. Not bad. What's the minimum wage? I don't know. It's like seven seven twenty five. Yeah, seven twenty five an hour. Yeah, not bad, huh? Eight. They're making nine bucks an hour. That's what the illegal aliens. And here's the other good part about it: they don't pay any taxes. So they take that whole nine bucks an hour and go home with it. Consequently, I don't hire a lot of people to dig ditches for me because there reaches a certain point where I just didn't dig the ditch myself. But. What if there was no minimum wage? What if I could hire some high school kid to come over here and do some menial chores? I had a lady from my church that begged me to hire her daughter, and she just needed, she wanted to keep her daughter out of trouble. She figured the best way to keep her daughter out of trouble during the summer is if she had some kind of job. So we brought her in as an intern. And as an intern, you don't get a wage. You get a bonus if you do a good job. And that's the way, that's the way it was. But that summer, she learned more about electronics than some of the techs I have hired. And the girl was 16 years old. Was that a, Now, who was that a bad deal for? She answered the phone. She helped clean the warehouse. Uh, but she learned to identify connectors. She learned to identify wires. She learned this wire works for this, that wire works for that. She learned a lot. And was she better at the end of the summer? You know she was. Not to mention that in her spare time, I would have her write me little essays. And uh, she was a black girl, so I had her write some essays like on uh, the Deacons of Defense, for instance, and how the National Rifle Association, you know how race, racist they are, the National Rifle Association, how they, they uh, gave free weapons to young black men to defend their black political candidates back in the 50s, the Deacons of Defense. How is it possible that a racist organization like the NRA is giving guns to black men to protect black men? Wait a minute. We can use that in, in North Carolina. <laughs> so, so anyway, I digress. But you guys see the point. Uh, getting back to it, uh, this is just another of the numerous crippling regulations that the, uh, the Obama administration has imposed on business in this country. And uh, thank you, Ken Paxton, for at least standing up against it. Now, personally, I happen to know that you only succeed in about one-third of the lawsuits that you send on to the federal government. And one day we spent a lot of time going through what they cost. It was not necessarily cost-effective. But, and the other problem is you're going after the federal government by trying to get them to enforce the law. Remember, the law has never been an impediment to the government. They don't obey the law. If they obeyed the law, we wouldn't have any problems. All you guys out there shaking your pom-poms for con-con, you know you want to have that constitutional convention? What makes you think they're going to obey any new law when you can't get them to obey the laws you have now? Exactly the, the problem we have. Labor Secretary Tom Perez uh, responded to Ken Paxton with a statement expressing confidence in the fact that it's legal for this new rule requiring overtime for everybody. And... Uh, Paris said, in spite of the sound legal and policy footing, and by golly, nobody knows anything about legal foot, more about legal footing than this administration, 
but despite the legal and policy footing on which this rule is constructed, the same interests that have stood in the way of the middle-class Americans getting paid when they work extra are continuing with their obstructionist tactics, said Democrat Paris. Texas-led lawsuit also drew criticism from labor groups and their allies in Texas. The state chapter of the AFL-CIO called the lawsuit a backward-gazing insult to workers, while the state Democratic Party said it shows Texas Republicans are more interested in scoring political points against uh, Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> the lawsuit specifically claims that the rule is too broad because it's based on the salary threshold. And such a requirement, the states argue, overlooks the fact that some workers in the salary range perform management duties that it might otherwise make them ineligible for overtime. Look, guys, I could tell you one of the best things that ever happened to me is also one of the worst things that ever happened to me. And that was when I stepped out of the pure commission or hourly wage area into management. I remember when I became an assistant manager, and that's when I discovered something about being the assistant manager. And I, I know my buddy Barry is giving me the eye because he knows it's true. <laughs> assistant manager means you do all the work, and the manager gets all the credit. Right. <laughs> that's what it means. Because the manager is going home early now because the assistant manager is now doing all of that work. And, uh, and I recall my, manager, my assistant managerial days when I was stuck at the store uh, checking in merchandise. And the manager was out riding his motorcycle. Anyway, and, and in exchange for this, yes, I actually ended up making less money because now I was in management. And, and that meant one of the management jobs I had where I had two other uh, underperforming salespeople, but I liked them. They were good guys. And so I would make a lot of sales and give them to them because I knew they depended on that. And I was on salary. That actually cost me my job in one place because they said... Uh, <laughs> well, looks like Doc ain't doing nothing over here. <laughs> so, but we got these two salesmen here that are just blowing the doors off the place. So let's fire Doc. Well, they did. They found out that uh, maybe those two salesmen really needed the leadership <laughs> of the manager. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, I, this is still a bad move. This is a really bad move. I like performance-based Pricing. It, it works better. And I think we ought to have it in state government, too. And I think that, uh, for, instance, for instance, when you hire a state legislature uh, person, like you hire a senator or you hire a, uh, a, a representative uh, and you send them to Washington, I think they should get paid a bonus based on how many laws they repeal and how much they reduce the budget. I, I think, uh, and I think they should... You know, they should get a stipend. I mean, yeah, you should pay them like five bucks an hour or something for showing up. But other than that, everything else is bonus pay. How many laws do we do? You get an extra thousand. How many taxpayer dollars? The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentaries on today's economic and political events for Friday, September 23rd, 2016. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. And we have some pressure on the stock markets, nothing big, a little pressure on gold and silver, nothing, nothing major, gold's up a buck. At thirteen hundred and thirty-eight dollars, you have silver down a few pennies, down nineteen at nineteen seventy-five. Platinum was down a dollar at a thousand fifty-seven, and palladium was up nine at seven hundred and seven dollars. The USDX today was trading a little bit higher, up point zero nine at ninety-five forty-eight. Crude oil took back its. Earlier gains of the week down 1.48 at 44.84. 
And as I had mentioned, the paper market's a little pressure. The Dow, Dow, the Dow is down 130 points, 18,261. The Nasdaq was down 33 at 5305, and the S&P down 12 at 2164. 10-year yield today was trading down 0.02 at 161, and the euro today was up stronger, 0.19 at 112 and little change in Asian and European markets. Thank you, Al. Thank me for what? I don't know. It's Friday. Not interrupting? It has been... <laughs> Thanking yeah. me for yes, not interrupting? Really. Is that what it was? For, no, for at least allowing me to say it. Ha ha. Ha ha. But no, I mean, it's uh, been an incredible, hectic day. But there's a lot of us that use uh, Yahoo. I use Yahoo uh, for my email, um, among others. But Yahoo, you do too. Well, did you know that yesterday they announced? Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. But it happened in 2014. Yes, I know. They're just now letting the cat out of the bag. I know. Well, it's because they were sold. They were in the process of selling. You know, they had to wait until that deal was done before they came out and said that the. Their <laughs> oh, by the way. Yeah. Oh, by the way, 500 million users. 500 million. By hackers two years ago. It's the biggest known intrusion of one company's computer network. And uh, this was about the same time that Target was going on, too. So maybe it was really the same thing. But the bad thing about this, they said the user information, it includes names, email addresses, telephone numbers, birth dates, passwords, uh, some security questions. And um, they, all they say was that it was perhaps uh, compromised by a state sponsor actor. They did not mm-hmm. name the country in. I think it was Alabama. Why didn't they just say? Why did they? I just think they were talking Russia? about Alabama. <laughs> Maybe. No, 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 it was state no. State sponsored. I don't know. Alabama's a state. Uh, the company said that it was working with law enforcement off, uh, officials and that it was invalidating existing security questions and asking users to change their passwords. And um, they also they had encouraged... changed my password back, I don't remember, six months or a year ago. And it kind of irritated me, and I think this is the reason why. Or that's my suspicion. I don't know why they wanted me to change the, the, uh, the password, but they did. But I'll tell you, I don't tell them anything. I don't give my phone number there. So you know, they, they, every once in a while... You go through this, and they want to, in order to get back up to the browser or to Skype or wherever, why don't you give us your regular phone number, you know, so we so we can coordinate this stuff. I don't give them anything. All right, they have my password and the rest of that. I don't do any money transfers through YouTube or through Yahoo and the rest of that sort of thing. I don't know. Uh, well, they, the, 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 actually, they did say that it was um, uh, the. Um, this was first re- the, the the potential breach of their systems was first reported by tech news site Recode, and this was early Thursday morning. The first public sign of a breach appeared in June when a Russian hacker who goes by the username Tessa88 started mentioning an underground web forums. And that's probably on that dark web that I was talking to you about, uh-huh. uh, about a new trove of stolen Yahoo data. Data, Mr. Holden said in July, Tessa 88 supplied a sample of the stolen collection for authenticity. Um, 
by other people who share information on the so-called underground web. But, um, you know, Verizon just purchased... Verizon Communications just purchased Yahoo for $4.8 billion. Uh, They're moving forward with it. Uh, This uh, sale was announced in July. And, um, yeah, they just found out about it, too. So So why did you and I even find out about it? It appears that probably the hackers who broke it, some hackers broke into Yahoo and it may be other hackers revealed the truth about the uh, other about the first group of hackers. I mean, the hackers giveth and the hackers taketh away, or vice versa. Uh, but who's telling the truth? Yeah. It's over a year ago, close to two. This problem happened, and uh, I don't know. Yahoo, why don't they just tell us? We're well. constantly in this in that scene from A Few Good Men. I think that was the name of the movie with Jack Nicholson and. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. The truth. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. It's the lies we can't handle. That's the problem. You know, it's not so much that you can't handle the truth. People just don't accept the truth. They're, you know, it's because you you can tell people all day long the truth. And, you know, it's hard to tell, convince people that it's the truth. And, I mean, just selling gold and silver for 20-plus years. You know, it's hard to convince people. It's hard to explain to them. It's hard for them to grasp how how incredibly um, fractured this system is and how close it is. And and, and that's the truth. Uh, The the, the truth isn't, you know, some gold finger in Switzerland telling you that the system... No, it's our system right here and right now. And it's... So, again, you know, it's... uh, People can hand, you know, it's not so much handling the truth, but accepting the truth, which it's hard to believe, mm-hmm. because ostensibly we've been working with the system throughout most of our lives. Right? I mean, solid. We've had we've had a complete fiat dollar since 1971. Prior to that, it was a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. It was at least still a little bit backed by gold on the international markets. All right, silver up to 68, gold domestically to 33, thereabouts, silver to 68, and then gold internationally until 71. We've been weaned away from it. Nobody paid much attention. No one thought this was particularly important. And right now you try to explain to them that there's been trouble brewing for a couple of generations. And it's hard for people to imagine or understand. Mm-hmm. We're used to thinking about trouble right now. It's like throwing a light, light switch. You throw the light switch right now, and you get the trouble right now. But this money system, they've been turning the lights down for, you know, arguably, what, 70, 80 years, mm-hmm. a little at a time. And we have been just kind of bamboozled into it. We've been conditioned to accept what's happening as if it's, oh, there's nothing remarkable. Nothing happened here. Just move along. Nothing to see. Just keep moving. And no one has paid attention. And we're coming to a problem where it will be impossible to avoid. And people are going to be shocked and amazed and astonished and bewildered. They're going to all of a sudden learn about this 
in a way where they won't have an opportunity to sit back and say, I don't know, do you think that's true or false? Or got a book I could read on this or something like that? No, this is going to happen when it, when it finally does happen. It's going to be shock therapy for a lot of people. They're going to just say, oh, my God, what is happening? And there'll be a sense of betrayal that will be enormous. Why didn't someone tell me? Why didn't why wasn't this revealed to you know to the public throughout all the years that they've been moving us to this point where true fiat currency and it's got to go one way or another got to go. Here's an interesting uh, you know Monday we have the debates and all that's all everyone is talking about and here's a guy a professor. Uh, who has predicted 30 years of presidential outcomes correctly. And he says that Trump is headed for a win. Uh, Professor Alan Lichtman uh, has correctly predicted every presidential election since 1984. And um, he explains how he comes to his decision. He doesn't use any polls or uh, shifting demographics uh, or his own political opinions. Rather, he uses a system of true and false statements. He calls uh, the keys to the White House, and that's how he deter- and that's how he predicts his winner. And he says this year, Donald Trump is the favorite to win. And um, you know, right. yeah, not not because I necessarily think Trump is the. The hero I'd hoped for when he first threw his hat in the ring, but at least he's not—he's not connected to the to the globalists, All right? Whatever's going on with Trump, he's not part of the globalists, at least not so far. And uh, right, you know, he might do the right thing. I can't imagine Hillary doing anything that I would approve of. I would be shocked, shocked, I tell you. But he's, uh, Hillary he's, got in, and all of a sudden they say, "Hey, she's not so bad." No, I can't believe that. I I just can't get behind. Nothing's impossible, but I can't imagine that. He's got uh, thirteen, I guess, uh, keys since the keys to the White House um, that um, brings him to his conclusion. So, um, there you go. Our next Here's president one that, of the United States. Hope so. Here's one that just kind of cracks me up. <laughs> this is a headline from the Daily Caller. It's not Hillary that. Clinton will be featured in Women's Health magazine next month. <sighs> I don't know if they've heard, but Hillary's got some health issues, and here we have Women's Health magazine. I, I suppose, you know, it's not necessarily completely irrational, but. I'm just thinking, Hillary, you would think it was women's positive health. I don't see that Hillary's much of a spokesman for that right now, but she's going to be featured in uh, Women's Health magazine next month. So everybody who wants to be as healthy as Hillary, get a copy of Women's Health magazine. Hmm, I wonder what the discussion might be about, but anyway. Oh, I don't know. Same old razzle-dazzle. What's next now? I don't know. We've got Marriott CEO says nationalism is bad for business. This is from Yahoo Finance. Marriott CEO Arne Sorensen says Trump's nationalist rhetoric is bad for the travel industry. Sorensen, a registered Democrat, 
said he would not endorse a particular candidate, but explained that the nationalist and protectionist rhetoric dominating the campaign would be destructive to the travel business. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that. I understand what he's saying. But what's part of what's interesting to me about this article is here's Sorensen. He's a CEO for Marriott Hotel chain, big operation. He's got to be a rich man, and he's a registered Democrat. There was a time when you you practically couldn't find a rich man who was associated with the Democrat Party. All right, they were helping the poor and maybe the middle class, and the Republicans were trying to help the upper class, and all the rich people were in the Republican Party. Here we have a registered Democrat who's a rich CEO. And to me, this is evidence of the problem we have in this country. The two parties are no longer divided in a meaningful sense. Both of them have been captured by the oligarchs, by the people who are wealthy, the corporate, not necessarily people, but corporations, and they're both serving whoever gives them the most money, and that means not the poor, not the middle class. And uh, so in any case, there's a guy from the travel business. He depends on travel to rent his hotel rooms, and he's concerned that nationalism and uh, the growing push for nationalism is going to hurt his business. He says, I do worry from a travel perspective about the tone in U.S. and other countries around the world, which is increasingly nationalistic, which is stressing closing borders. We've really got to be careful about that because the world creates opportunities, not just in travel, but in commerce. When people move around, when trade occurs, we, when we welcome each other, well, that's very nice, you know, for people who can afford to travel. And it's not everyone who can, especially on a global basis. The world creates opportunities for those wealthy enough to travel, travel globally. But what about the people who can't get out of their community? You know, they can't take a vacation across the state line. They aren't wealthy enough to travel internationally. What opportunities are created for them by the travel industry? And globalism, they see the opportunity to watch their jobs travel uh, internationally to third world countries. I guess that's one of the opportunities they have. They have the opportunity to sign up for welfare when their jobs travel. They can no longer support themselves and their family. But globalism, it might be great for the travel industry, but it stinks for the bottom 60 or 70 percent of the American people. I'm not a liberal. I've voted for just one Democrat in all my life, but I have enough sense to see we can't run an economy or a nation on the basis of screw the poor and the middle class while we enrich the oligarchy at the top of the economic pyramid. This nation can't be run on the basis I'm getting mine and to heck with the rest of them. If we're not all in this together, then there's going to be significant class warfare that won't be civil and could be violent. And all of this is going to come to us in part while we are making money for the elite and leaving the poor and the middle class behind. And I have to take care of all of Americans. Um, and I'm not speaking as a liberal. I'm just saying, look, you can't abandon large portions of the nation and expect the nation to remain cohesive. We'll talk more when we get back. We're going to take a couple commercials. Melody and I will be right back. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival.
Greeks thought thyme herb provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of thyme contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herb when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes the nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for thyme tincture and tea to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International 704-875-8010 or online at thepowerherbs.com Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Addisk. I'm here with Melody Segerstrom on Financial Survival. Programs brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. We've got an article here from Bloomberg. The headline is Greenspan Warns Bond Rally Untenable. Okay. Bill Gross, who is the bond king, recently said central bank support limits the downturn, the downside, the long term government debt. In other words, Bill Gross is saying, look, you, uh, you can't get hurt badly by going into bonds right now. But the next day, former Federal Reserve Chairman Erwin Greenspan called the bull market in treasuries, U.S. bonds, called the bull market in treasuries unsustainable. So it's evidence you have mixed opinions. Some people say it's a good deal. Some people say it's a bad deal. Greenspan happens to think it's a bad deal. All right, or a dangerous deal. He says, whenever you have a bull market, it looks as though it is never going to turn. This is a classic case of a peak and a speculative security. And he's saying, look, we're, we're sitting on the edge of a serious decline in the bond markets. Investors globally have regarded monetary policy with growing skepticism that there's more central banks can do to stoke inflation and economic growth. Asset purchase programs and negative interest rates have pushed yields on more than $9 trillion of government securities worldwide below zero. 
The European Central Bank triggered a global sell-off this month after signaling it wouldn't pursue further stimulus. What the central banks, what what the European Central Bank, what that indicates, where they say it won't produce, it won't pursue further stimulus. What's it indicate? It indicates that central banks do not have unlimited resources. There are people who believe that the central banks can spend a, a trillion dollars, a hundred trillion dollars, a quadrillion dollars. It doesn't make it. It doesn't make any difference as long as there's paper and ink. And it, really, they don't even need that, given the use of digital currency. They can spin just as much currency as they want out of thin air. Truth is, they can't. There are limits even on the central banks, including the Federal Reserve. And they can't spin out an endless supply of currency. And what that means, we're now at a point where the central banks, the European Central Bank is apparently busted, it can't do any more. I won't say it's not fair, perhaps to say it's insolvent or bankrupt, but still they can't proceed any further. I think the Federal Reserve is pretty much in the same lo- in the same position, which means there's not going to be a hero to ride in and rescue us if we go into another if we go into another significant recession and or greater depression. There's nothing left. Right? We have exhausted our resources in a way that. If this stuff hits the fan, we're going to see a radical change in this country. We could it could go into some sort of incredible depression, possible. It's also possible some people think that there is a new monetary system in the wings. I won't say I, I, I don't know, that's for sure. It's an absolute fact where I don't know. Some people think they make claims from sources who at least might know what they're talking about, that they're anticipating that the government is going to go back to a gold-based monetary system, and perhaps this year. Now, I find that hard to believe. I'm very skeptical of that claim, but it's still the kind of thing, it's, it reflects the idea that we are sitting on the verge of big trouble. And how we are going to resolve that trouble once it hits is not clear to anyone, certainly not to me. But it won't be solved. It won't be solved simply, quickly, or painlessly. We're coming to a cataclysmic moment in this, in this uh, society and for the world. And however much trouble we have, it may be much worse for other nations. Um, not all of them, but... Some of them, maybe this thing goes down. There are going to be some countries that are going to be just starving to death. So I, anyway, I just brought the ring of this to your attention because Greenspan, Alan Greenspan, former Federal Reserve chairman, some people think he knows what he's talking about, and he probably does. He's warning that the bond rally is untenable, and what he's saying implicitly is that you should be preparing for a significant decline in the bond industry. There's going to be big trouble hitting and indexes are going to fall dramatically. What do you think, Melody? Well, they're going to. I mean, it's just one of the bubbles out there. There's a, the, our whole economy runs on bubbles. And we've got the grand, the granddaddy of all bubbles. It's the credit bubble. So, I mean, it's it's going to happen. And I do believe that they're going to have to do something with our monetary policy. They're going to have to do something with our 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 system. 
our standards, whether it's backed by gold, it has something will break. But I do believe there's going to be some sort of a catastrophic event, you know, that, that will precipitate, you know, all these things happening. And I also believe it's going to happen while you're asleep. You're going to wake up one day and the whole world's going to be different. And it's going to change that rapidly because up to that point we've seen all the ups and downs we've seen it grow we've seen all the the two by fours and the leaves and the breeze to get us to this point all the warnings all the you know the winds increasing uh, in the storm to this point so when it happens i believe it's going to happen overnight but i do believe there's going to have to be something that that that, that moves it um i don't believe with the imf accepting uh, the, the Chinese currency uh, into their game that it's going to break the dollar. That I don't believe. Uh, could it put pressure on the dollar? Well, we already know that government, our government, wants inflation. And then they might get some inflation out of that, you know, if, you, if they have to uh, rebalance the currencies in the IMF SDR. So I'm really not quite. I'm really not quite sure what to expect out of that. You could see some changes. You could see some inflation generated from that, uh, with the dollar getting a little bit weaker, throwing that in. But do I believe this is when the you know dollar goes into free fall? No, I don't. Uh, not when the dollar is used in 80% of the transactions global. Um, you're not going to have an overnight reaction that quick. So. Um, However, I do believe in the future, absolutely, I do believe there's going to be gold that is used you know, to back currencies, not just ours, but world currencies. China has already said they really don't like to see or they would like to see something other than just one major reserve currency, of course, all reflecting the U.S. dollar. So you are going to see changes in that area. And I do believe our system's going to collapse. We, we're under so much debt, there isn't any other way for it to go. You know? <laughs> there's, there's, they have two options to deal with this debt, and one is outright repudiation, where Absolutely. they just say, sorry, we can't pay the debt. And the other one is hyperinflation, exactly. where, yes, we'll pay the debt. <laughs> we're gonna, we borrowed a million dollars from you. We're going to pay you a million dollars, but it'll only have $100,000 in purchasing power after the hyperinflation. Well, they could do a little bit of both. Well, say. they can. They yeah. can do a little no, bit of that's... both, but the truth is they can't. They, again, you know, we've said it before, they're caught. This is the rock yeah. and the hard place. Hard place. Class, classic, classic example. If they repeat, they can't pay the debt. It's too big to be paid, and they can't repudiate the debt. Because if they do, they wipe out the correlative paper assets. So what are they going to do? They can't pay, they can't pay, and they can't repudiate. What are they going to do with the debt? And I don't know for an absolute fact. The only, the only rational thing I can see, their only likely escape is to hyperinflate. And we don't see traces of that just yet, but who knows? Maybe, that, uh, maybe that's where they're going. Uh, it's a mystery, but you, know, you can look at it. And from my perspective, it seems inevitable, uh, although I can't say when it's going to happen. I can still... I'm convinced in my own mind that this is inevitable. Could happen before the end of this year. Might not happen for a couple of years. I don't know when it's going to happen. And I don't but think anybody to even... has to happen. I don't see another option. Hmm. And the whole thing, when it does, everyone is going to be a huge. Yeah, because it's, you know what? It's all tied together by the derivatives. 
I mean, it's just not a country anymore. You know, oh, well, Japan's having a, you know, they're in a recession, so, you know, we got an Asian contagion and so forth that, that lightly hits you know, the U.S., and yeah, there's money's lost and so forth. This is big, folks. <laughs> it'll be you the know, biggest event of your life. It'll be the biggest event of bigger than what may be coming. Of history. <laughs> the only thing that may be bigger than what is headed, what seems to be headed our way in terms of the monetary system and economics and whatever, uh, when that hits the fan, it's going to be a catastrophe in the that will only be exceeded by a third world war. Yes. Uh, if that could be worse, but this is going to be bad. And point is, assuming that what we're telling you is correct, and I don't see how you can get around it, you, it is incumbent on you to prepare as best you can for the difficult times that may be ahead. And it is going to be scary times. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we we watch the pictures. You know, you know the, the, the what's happening in in Charlotte, the riots, and well, just imagine, you know, those 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 situations because, you know, people have lost seventy percent, eighty percent of the money. They can't get food. They can't afford food. There's no more food in the grocery stores. Think of those riots happening all over this country at the same time. You know, it's that's what I think of when I see those pictures. I'm thinking, you know what, that's that's going to be commonplace. So again, not to not to scare you folks, but you know, just to you know, I think we're at the time where something could happen today. Tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Um, but don't don't put off. Global investors they pulled seven point four. This isn't a big amount, I suppose it could be. Not when we talk about trillions of dollars anymore. But global investors uh, pulled seven point four billion from equity funds in the week to Wednesday, and that's the largest outflow in around three months. A lot of that was due to the uncertainty of. Uh, of course, the U.S. and the Japanese monetary policy uh, that was announced on uh, Wednesday. So, um, but it's uh, again, it's uh, people are pulling their money out when they think, uh, you know, there's going to be, you know, maybe some sort of reaction. And I'm sure that wasn't your money. I'm sure your broker didn't pull your money out to protect it. <laughs> somebody did. You know, somebody. Yeah, he might be pulling up. his own out, but he's <laughs> not necessarily getting his clients. Yeah, he needs his commission money in there, folks. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, uh, even though there was little expectation that the U.S. Federal Reserve would raise rates, um, you know, during their meeting, uh, you know, people did park, you know, some of their uh, money. Uh, they erred on the side of caution. So, and I think that's how we should look to our money anymore. We should err on the side of caution. You know, it's not about getting rich quick. It's not about, you know, it's about keeping what you have yeah. anymore. You know, the one thing about it is if you can hang on to your wealth, and I don't mean your dollars, I mean your wealth, the the hours you put in, the sweat you put in, to actually earn whatever it is you've been able to save, the question is, can you get through what may be a very difficult time ahead, and can you, get in, can you go into it with your wealth still intact? Can you get through it with your wealth still intact? Can you use your wealth during a difficult period in order to, in order to uh, purchase whatever it is you think you need. 
All right, could be food, could be water, could be guns, could be land, could be a business, could be hard to say what you could. If you have savings, you're going to be in the catbird seat. You're going to be doing very well. If you have savings, that can weather whatever's headed our way. If your savings are denominated, they're stored in a form of paper, as we repeat on this program on a regular basis, if you're trusting in paper, I think you're taking a big risk. You know, it's it's, speculate in it. You might be able to get ahead in the paper for a while, but the day is coming when people are going to beg God that they had their wealth stored in a form that was tangible rather than merely a paper IOU. And that's what the stocks are. That's what the bonds are. Bank accounts, pension, pensions, IOUs. That's all. They can't all be kept. You know, you, you hear people every once in a while mention, I kind of like it too, you know, it's not about the, the return on your money, it's the return of your money. That's right. And that's where we're at today. And you can't let, you can't let the, you know, the gloss, you know, the... the, the you can't let the attraction get people exactly. promise you, here's something you can, you can gamble on this right now and you could make a killing. Well, maybe you could. On the other hand, if you get caught chasing that speculative wealth, invest your wealth in the piece of in the paper where you think you can increase the size of your wealth significantly in the near future. If you happen to be doing that when this thing goes south, you're liable to lose as much as you've got invested in those speculative in those speculative investments. Uh, you're running that risk. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you're running that risk. And from my perspective, it makes better sense. Take a little longer view. Forget about getting rich fast, getting rich quick. And just say, look, I'm going to try to hang on to what I've got. And that will mean something tangible like land, gold, guns, bullets, silver. Uh, if, you know, it's we talked earlier in the program about 500 million accounts were hacked at Yahoo. All right? What makes you think that you can put your money in a bank? How is banking, modern banking, significantly different from Yahoo? Do you think that they hackers can't bust into your bank at least as easily as they broke into Yahoo? And I don't mean that it was just a, a simple thing to do, but it, it does appear that the hackers are advancing more quickly than the businesses that are trying to protect, that allegedly try to hold and protect your wealth. The hackers are doing a better job. Uh, the whole thing digital is dangerous. 500 million accounts? I mean, that's just mind-boggling. So it's, it tells me that you want to go back to something tangible if you want to store your wealth and you want to protect it. If you don't want to do that, well, you take a great risk. Let's take some commercials. Melody and I will be back in a moment. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival.
Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. What's next, Melody? Well, I just wanted to remind the listeners to get to our website, dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com, and sign up for our weekly newsletter and for all your gold and silver coin products. we got some great prices. And you know what, folks? I believe in quality. I, I think that's a... You know, it just shouldn't be, you know, just because, you can, you know, somebody can squeeze out an extra dollar from you for quality that uh, I just don't go. I, everything we send out is quality. And I just bought some product back from a, a dealer that was heavily, that heavily advertised on shortwave. They're no longer in business. And I bought some of their product back just today, and I just opened the box while we were on break. I was going to offer it as a special. And it's like, I wouldn't sell any of this to my clients. <laughs> I mean, this is just this is the stuff that I return because it doesn't fit, you know, what I believe customers are paying for when you're paying thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars for product. So again, this is what we do here at Discount Gold and Silver. I mean, we I screen the product that goes out to you. I believe in quality, and uh, this stuff I'll just sell back into the market because I wouldn't dare send it to any of my clients. So again, uh, this is the extra attention, the extra service that you receive here at Discount Gold and Silver. So remember that. 
uh, when you're ready to buy your gold and silver coins. And I'm more than happy to price shop. And uh, we're going to be starting out with some great specials next week. So make sure you tune in, count your dollars, and be ready to give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. I've got an article here from Bloomberg. Oh, I just wanted to say one more thing, Al. You know, I just saw there was some breaking news. Remember the um, the victims of September 11 wanted to sue the Saudis. Yep. Obama did veto that bill. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know think, that, I don't think that's any big surprise. No, it's not a surprise. But I guess it's now official. <laughs> so one explanation for why he's done that. Some people think it's just to favor the Saudis. And other people think it's not simply to do a favor for the Saudis, but if they let the Saudis be sued, then it'll open the door for other people suing the U.S. government for some of the stunts it's pulled in the last 5, 10, 20 years. Oh, I and in order to make sure that the government is, the U.S. government is protected from the same sort of suits that were perhaps that the Saudis might have been exposed to. I don't even believe it's because of the suits. I believe it's because the Saudis would fight it and they would release information that the government can't have released. You know, it's not a matter of lawsuits. Maybe that's part of it. But, you know, I think it's major. They don't want the information. And I have no doubts. What surprises me is because the Saudis could just easily say, well, here's a couple million. Now go be on your way. (laughs) So, you know, it it is kind of... And the thing about it is there does not appear to be an an honorable excuse for why Obama vetoed this bill. Yeah. It may be that the conspiracy theory that I'm alluding to is mistaken. It might be the one Melody is talking about is mistaken. There may be some other conspiracy theories out there. But there's nothing to explain this where we say, well, that's just this is honorable. To me, this is just more evidence the government is a criminal enterprise. And they're not doing what's right. They're not doing what's just. Nobody. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone has made a credible argument that Obama's veto is based on some sort of justice. Well, you know why? Here's another reason why. Because the uh, bin Laden, that would probably be um, brought out. In a more, you know, where everyone no, knows. I see evidence where. No, 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 that he was killed, <laughs> that he was already dead, you know, back in the uh, early 2000s when the, uh, uh, was a Boutreau that was uh, murdered when she was being interviewed by David Frost. And uh, he had brought up Bin Laden and she says, well, he's already dead. Yeah. And she was sh- shortly thereafter assassinated. So um, that's to me, would make the most sense of a cover-up that they cannot. And the Saudis, if they were sued, you know, the relationship between uh, Obama and the Saudis is is sketchy at best. You know, they certainly ha- haven't had a, a, re- a good relationship. Uh, we've seen our relationship with the Saudis decline, so that might just be enough to push them over to say, fine, you know, we'll just let you, we'll, we'll just release to the world when bin Laden was actually killed and Mr. Obama, you didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. So. And all by itself, that wouldn't necessarily be such a catastrophic revelation. 
They could kind of shuck and jive and dance around it a little bit. Well, no, but the whole thing, the whole thing based on everything was all no, based no. on Bin Laden. That's it would, a huge Everyone lie. would pay closer attention. Look, I mean, well, it's it would just be another a big example. Deal. The government is a bunch of crooks. Yeah, it would be a big deal. You know, some people would object to me calling the government, the government just a bunch of crooks. But the truth is, the government has been... What has happened to this country? You know, when I was a little kid, we were the wealthiest country on the face of this earth. And right now, we are the most highly indebted. And by that measure, we are the poorest country on the face of the earth. And a lot of people say, oh, that's crazy talk. Well... Listen, you know, if one guy has assets of $100,000 and another guy has assets of $1 and a third guy, his assets are a negative $100,000, who's the richest? The guy who has a positive $100,000, he's the richest. The guy who has $1 is even richer than the people that are $100,000 in debt. And we are so deep in debt that really we're in the reds. Um, where is it? Got an article all, here if I can find it. Well, I just want to add this, but they also said in this that the, the Congress is going to um, perhaps override the veto. The Senate yeah. will move first on a veto override because of legislation that was written by Schumer and uh, Corinne, uh, John Corinne, right out of Texas, uh, originated there. So unless there is objections, the override vote can be set up by unanimous consent. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But, uh, about time they finally overrode somebody's veto. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe this could be nothing but showboating. Yeah, the election, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. look, I'm going to it's override the president's veto. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got an article here. This is from an interview by Greg Hunter. We had Greg on the program on Tuesday of this week. And he would, he interviewed a man named Michael Pento, who is a money manager, very insightful guy. Um, according to Michael Pento, a catastrophic bond market collapse approaches. Money manager Michael Pento wrote a book a few years ago warning of the coming bond market collapse. All the signs say this calamity, this calamity is very close. Global central bank balance sheets have risen from six trillion in 2007. $21 trillion today. Central banks are $15 trillion deeper in debt today than they were in 2007. In nine years, they've gone $15 trillion into debt. That's an increase, that's the increase in the size of the central bank balance sheets, and that means it's an, in, it's an increase in there in the amount of debt. And when he says, when this bubble bank breaks, it's going to be disastrous. Uh, uh, the European, he points out that the European Central Bank didn't hint at expanding quantitative easing, and look what happened, look, look what it's rendered us. That's positive proof that everything that has happened since the 2008 collapse, and that's been just artificial and ephemeral in nature. What he's saying is all the stimulus and the rest of it that is supposedly holding this economy together, it's an illusion. Right? And I agree with him 100%. <clears throat> Once central banks even hint that they're pulling away from their QE programs and ZERP and NERP go away, bonds will crash. And when those sovereign bonds crash on a global basis, it's going to take everything else down with it concurrently. My point, uh, one, 
the national debt, the national debt has increased by $9 trillion in the last eight years. That's roughly a trillion dollars a year, which equals about $3,000 about $3, annual subsidy for every American for each of the past eight years. For a family of four, that's a $12,500 annual subsidy. Where would this economy be if that $3,000 subsidy had not been available? Most people have no savings. Most are living hand-to-mouth, paycheck to paycheck. Without that $3,000 per person annual subsidy from quantitative easing, we would quite probably have seen a massive wave of individual and corporate bankruptcies, and we would quite probably be in, a, in an overt Great Depression right now. Now, we can sit back and applaud the government and say, yay, the government... The government spent a trillion dollars um, uh, a year in order to keep us from falling into a Great Depression. And you can't blame them for that. We've got to say, well, thank you very much, but here's the problem. How did they do it? They did it by going deeper into debt. How is that debt going to be paid? They may have prevented a greater depression, at least so far, but what, how, who's going to pay the debt? We're an extra $9 trillion in debt in just a matter of something like eight years. Uh, it can't be paid. It won't be paid. One way or another, there is a calamity lurking around the corner. And we can just, again, with the idea to take the trillion dollars a year, $3,000 thereabouts per person, family of four, 12 grand. What would happen to the average family of four if you reduced their income by $12,000 a year? We, they'd be they'd be overrun by bankruptcy, uh, foreclosures on their homes, divorce. A lot of problems would have would have followed. Government prevented that in large measure, or at least they can claim credit for preventing it. But they haven't. They've only prevented it on a temporary basis, and arguably made things worse. You know, at the time was we only had to pay back about nine, ten trillion dollars. Now we have to pay back twenty trillion dollars. Is it going to be easier to pay twenty trillion than it would have been to pay ten? We could have taken our medicine. The government said, "No way, we're not going to. We're not going to make the people take their medicine." And I think we're going to get it just the same. I think you know, it's just like Greece. We had a good time. Greece had a great time for a while there. They were living large. Enjoying themselves, opa, you know, dancing around like Zorba the Greek. And then all of a sudden the debts came due. And now they live in austerity. High taxes and low government services. Something like that is headed in our direction. And when it gets here, the people who have no savings are going to be decimated. They're going to be hurt badly. And uh, all I can tell you is... If, if you have savings, you need to think what you can do to protect those savings because I think paper will just, you know, you've heard a seller you tell you a hundred times. Paper is going to disappear. Digital isn't safe. How are you going to, how are you going to protect your wealth? And from our opinion, of course, as you know, we're going to recommend that you get gold and silver. And it's not just self-serving to make the recommendation. It appears to be the truth of the matter. So what else have we got, Melody? You've got a minute and a half, two minutes left. Melody? 
Yes, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm here. And mm-hmm. uh, you we... thought I was going to keep going until the end of the program. <laughs> yes, I uh-huh. did. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> it's Friday, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm yeah. allowed. It was. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not really allowed to do that, Melody. You have to. But again, there's so many things that are going on. I just wanted to, we didn't get a, even a chance to talk about, um, uh, I had some information here about uh, what's going on with South Korea and the United States. They're going to conduct a mock attack on a nuclear facility next month. Um, you know, I mean, just all these little things, look what's going on with North Korea. Uh, they, you know, they, they, South Korea and the United States made this announcement um, just a couple of weeks after North Korea had uh, successfully tested a nuclear warhead. so uh, And this is its second nuclear test this year and fifth one ever. So, again, you know, they're, they're going to simulate what to do in the event of a sudden missile attack. I mean, you might say, well, that's just, you know, what's the big deal there and so forth. And you know what? It's just one of these things that can happen, and you just can't wait to get prepared. Because this is one of the things that could happen when you wake up and it would change the world. The monetary system would collapse in seconds. And didn't have anything to do with currencies. Might not have anything to do. But or if you had something to do with it. But no, my, my point, it might no, not be a cause, but it'll, it'll, well, it'll my, have an effect. That's my point. It, it would have an effect, and it would just instantly collapse. So um, that arrow can come from many different directions. So you know, don't wait, folks, for something to happen, because this isn't a snowstorm. This isn't a hurricane. This is something that uh, um, you need to get prefer- prepared before it gets here. So 800-375-4188. It's 1-800-375-4188. And if you have any questions... Please, please give me a call. Okay, folks, I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, with the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dream, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a ball. Political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. 
Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stepp, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Friday, September 23rd, 2016. Thank God it's Friday. Although they come around awful fast these days, don't they, folks? I mean, time is zooming by. It it just seems like really fast. I mean, just a few days ago we had 90-degree weather here, and now... It's cold and rainy, and we got snow on the mountain. So, all in three days, this has gone from 90 degrees to this. It's uh, it's it's moving right along. I mean, what we're 40 something days from the election, the the never ending campaign, right? I mean, have a, you know things are moving along fast, but this 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 election cycle seems like it's been going on for you know the beginning of time or something. Anyway, it's about eight minutes after 2 p.m. It is Friday, as I said, and if all that's true where you're at, that means you can call in 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. That'll get you on the air, and this is your last chance this week to get on this radio show and go out over the air. Last chance. It's Friday. That's it for this week. All right. I just thought you should know. You can also go to uh, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com, okay? And everything you need to know about the network's there. Every weekend I seem to do some some work on the webpage, uh, you know. Now it's mainly fine-tuning it, making some little informational changes. I'm adding an about page. It isn't done, but I'm adding it. And um, I'll work on it. It will be done this weekend. So that's what's going on there. And no, I did not get my webcam up and going today. But, you know, I'm thinking Monday night. I'm going to shoot for Monday night to actually get my webcam up and... um, you know, do the uh, Talking Head YouTube Fedbook uh, video simulcast along with the regular broadcast. Uh, but, you know, it's just, I got other things piling up on me and I need to deal with that first. This is just, you know, the the video thing is really good and it needs to move forward that way. But uh, for the most part, it's a novelty. People like it. You know, Fedbook and uh, YouTube are big platforms with a lot of traffic, you know. And that's nice, you know, that I I don't value them all that much. But, hey, it is someplace else. And the main purpose is to get as many people in as many places to hear the truth so they can prepare That's really it, folks. My purpose is not to take back America, okay? After I've lent you my underwear and you've crapped all in it, I really don't want it back, okay? And that's the way America is. That's the United States of America. I'm sorry. I don't want it back. It's gone. You know, just accept the fact and start dealing with reality and... Thinking about, hey, okay, if that's the case, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? We're going to have to survive. So, look, I don't like government as much as anybody. 
But government in itself is not a bad thing. Bad people in government make government a bad thing. Okay? And that counts for, I don't care if you live in a town of 20 people. If you've got a corrupt government in your little 20-person city, you're going to have problems. Just the same way as you do in your state, your city, your county, and our nation. There's nothing wrong with the system. It's the people in the system. They're bad. Okay, look, I'm sorry. If you're a government employee, go look in the mirror. You're bad. Okay, you're a parasite. You're making more money than you're worth. And half of you should be fired. No, really, and your and your agency shut down. Your services are no longer needed. They never were needed. Your position was created just to create bigger government. And, you know, we say that, that, oh, well, they just want to create bigger government. Listen, it's even worse than that. If that's all it was, it'd be easier to fix than what is the reality of the situation. We all talk about the economy. One thing that kind of gets left out of the talk about the economy is how much influence and control the United States government actually has over the economy. And no, I am not talking about the obvious, oh, well, the regulations and the taxes and the, you know, all that counts. Okay, but we're all aware of that. Everybody knows about government red tape when you try to do anything. That's not the secret. The secret is the businesses are basically owned by the federal government. All this quantitative easing, the what? How much Let me ask you something. How much of corporate America stocks could you buy with 4 trillion dollars? Huh? Quite a bit, I'd say. You could probably own 51% of a whole bunch of Fortune 500 companies for $4 trillion, huh? Well, that's what the government did. You think they gave these companies money for nothing? The only one we ever even hear about at all, which we don't hear much about, is General Motors. General Motors is controlled by the federal government because they own a whole bunch of stock. Okay, the the, the presidential, what is, uh, I forget, it's the plunge protection team, okay? It's the presidential something, something or another, the official name, but everybody knows it by the plunge protection team. Well, okay, that's just great. Ronald Reagan, again, the communist, gave us this, all right? And he sold it to the American people, saying, well, we're going to put these guys over here with a big pocket full of your money. And if the stock market starts crashing, they'll be able to prop it up so all the millionaires don't lose a whole pile of money. Wow. Does that sound fair to begin with? No, of course not. But they did it. That's what they sold it as. But what in actuality happens, the plunge protection team manipulates the market. And they do it all the time. They, and Okay, how do you keep stocks from falling? 
Anybody? You buy stocks. That's how. Yeah, because when stocks are falling, that means, listen, those of you who have never played in the stock market, you might not understand how it works. How it works is this. Let's say I've got a, a share of a stock. And I'm going to do this just on an individual basis, but, you know, think big, okay? Think millions of, millions of shares, okay? But so I have my stock. I look at a company and I go, yeah, okay, I think that's a good company, and I'm going to buy that stock for a dollar, okay? So I buy the stock for a dollar, and I own that one share of stock for a dollar. Now it goes up to $2, and I'm thinking, woohoo, I'm selling. I just doubled my money. I'm selling. So I sell my stock, and, uh, you know, the going rate's 2 bucks. Well, let's just say things don't go good for me there. Let's say everybody else says, hey, you know what? Look what he did. He just doubled his money. I'm selling my stock, too. So everybody starts selling their stock. Guess what happens to the price of the stock? It goes down. See, they're not getting $2 anymore. They're getting $1.80. And the more people that sell it, they're getting a dollar seventy. The more people that are selling it, they're getting a dollar ten. The more people that start selling it, now they're getting ninety cents. Eighty cents, seventy cents. Woo! The plunge protection team steps in. And they start buying all the stocks at seventy cents. So they're buying. But now seeing as how they're a they're buying the stocks. Now the stock goes up to $0.75, cents, $0.85, cents, $0.95, cents, a dollar. People are breaking even now. A dollar ten. Everybody's happy. But now, who owns all those stocks? The plunge protection team, which is the government. They own all the stocks. Okay? Owning a stock means if I've got a stock, that they say is worth a dollar, what they're saying is I now own one dollar worth of that company. Now, here's the real deal. So, stockholders get to vote on things. You know, who's going to be our CEO? Who's going to be the board members? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Stock Stockholders get to vote, right? And every share gets a vote. So if I have 10 shares, I get 10 votes, right? If I got a million shares, I get a million votes. Are you seeing how this goes? So now the government does this a few times and ends up owning 40, 50, 60% of the stocks of any given company. When the vote comes, when they vote, Ooh, there's 40% of all the stocks just voted one way. And the people in the stock market aren't any different than the people in, in the United States in general. They're all a bunch of sheeple. And if they see, ooh, 40% just voted that way, I'm voting that way too because I want to vote with the winners. Do you see how the government is manipulating and controlling the economy where they have no authority or business to do so? And do you also recognize that the federal government is about $300 trillion in debt? They are bankrupt. 
Do you realize that if the government owns, say, 51% of the major corporations in America and the federal government goes bankrupt, the creditors will take the 51% of all those companies and now they will own them as payment for the debt that the government defaulted on? Do you understand what that means? Things are a lot worse than they appear to be, folks. And they appear to be pretty darn bad. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this so you can finally, and I know a lot of you have, a lot of the listeners of this network and other alternative networks really do prepare and they really are taking steps in the right direction and all that. But there's still some of you lagging behind. There's still some of you not sure. Your neighbors, your family, you haven't convinced them either, have you? Better get to it, because this is coming whether we like it or not. And it seems to be coming pretty darn fast. Then there's the election. Who knows what's going to happen with that? That's uh, about as unstable, well, as the economy. All right. Let's uh, get to some things and stuff. I got a lot of stuff, so I'm going to try to move through this really fast. I'm going to try to do something different and actually get through a lot of this stuff. Okay? Uh, Let's see. I'll do that one later. Ah! Researchers just released the longest GMO study ever. Here's what they found. American researchers have conducted a 14-year study on GM crops. Finally, a long-term study. Uh, well, um, I, I wouldn't call 14 years long-term, but it's at least the longest-term study they have done. They found GMO farms could increase the use of weed killers while decreasing the use of pest killers. My, 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 what have I been telling you for years, folks? Huh? It's so nice when there's these real studies that come out and say, wow, he was right all along. Gee, golly, don't listen to me, though. I've been telling you for years that, listen, all this crap they talk about, well, uh, Hey, GMOs have decreased the use of pesticides. It's great. We're using less pesticides. It's wonderful. We're using less pesticides. Well, I explained to you, yes, that's true, because they put the pesticides in the food you're eating. So when the bugs come up to eat the food that they're selling to you, the bugs die. And that's got to be good for you. But on the other hand, herbicides... The kill weeds are increasing. They're using more and more and more and creating super weeds that won't be killed with Roundup. Genetically modified crops are a contentious topic in developed societies because of the ongoing debate on the benefits and environmental drawbacks of creating our own versions of naturally occurring organisms. Now, researchers have conducted a tremendous study in the field, the longest review of genetically modified crops and pesticide use yet. The team, which included four academics led by economist Federico Giliberto of the University of Virginia, studied data taken from 5,000 soybean and 5,000 maize farmers 
in the U.S. And unlike typical studies that took that look at data from one or two years, this was a 14-year study from 1998 to 2011. The fact that we have 14 years of farm-level data from farmers all over the U.S. makes this study very special. Uh, Gilberto said in a statement, we have repeated observations of the same farmers and can see when they adopted genetically modified seeds and how that changed their use of chemicals. There are two GMO varieties in maize and soybean. One kills insects and the other tolerates glyphosate, an herbicide commonly used in weed killers. The researchers found using more GMOs actually increases the use of herbicides by 28%. This is because glyphosate-resistant weeds grow in farms with GMOs. But, folks, this is a 14-year study ending now. You see, if they kept it going, they're going to find that 28% skyrockets because superweeds. That's right. Just like in the antibiotic realm, we have the same deal going on with weeds that become resistant to glyphosate. So what's the answer? We use more glyphosate. And that works for a while. I mean, look at, listen, back in the 50s, people were getting things like, okay, uh, you need one unit of uh, penicillin. Now you need like 500,000 units of tetracycline to just knock out the simplest little bug. More, more, more. Just use more. That's better. And that's what farmers do. If they find out what they were using the glyphosate, the, uh, the levels, and they're not working anymore, they just throw more glyphosate on it until it does die. So if they kept this study going, they're going to find out that herbicide use is far higher than 28%, and it will be increasingly higher year after year. In the beginning, there was a reduction in herbicide use. Uh, Siliberto said, but over time the use of chemicals increased because farmers were having to add new chemicals as weeds developed a resistance to glyphosate. But GMOs also reduced the use of insecticide. Maize farmers using uh, GMOs cut down insecticide intake by 11.2%. This is mainly because farms have safe havens with no GMO crops, so insects don't develop resistance to insecticides. Yeah. It's also because they put the insecticide inside your food that you eat. You know, because that's the bug comes over and eats the food and drops dead. But you eat the food and, oh, it's okay for you, right? It kills bugs, but it's okay for people. The findings could mean GMOs negatively impact the environment, increase herbicide use, especially in the levels detected in the study means more toxic chemicals might be seeping into the surrounding environment. Like your groundwater, folks. Woohoo! Hey, guns, they sell out in Charlotte. That's right, you can't buy a gun in Charlotte, not because of the law, because of, hey, the free market. Everybody went and bought them all. There are no more guns for sale in Charlotte because they're all purchased. That's right. And police refuse to release shooting video. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. You know, there's another shooting in Tulsa. I think I mentioned it yesterday, but the woman, cop, who actually shot the man, who was just standing there doing nothing, really. I mean, there was no threat. And she shot him. She shot him dead right where he stood. 
Well, she's being charged with uh, manslaughter, willful manslaughter, as she should, and I hope she goes to prison. But I doubt she will. Oh, she might have to go to trial. But, you know, the prosecution will, of course, get the jury pool. Uh, you know, all cops and firemen and government employees will be sitting on the jury. And uh, they'll say, oh, well, she was afraid, so she's able to go now. It's okay. Don't worry. Yeah. That's what I predict will happen in that. But at least she's been charged with willful manslaughter, which I saw the video, and she just killed that guy. Okay? And, and the reason why was she was terrified. But she was terrified for no reason, okay? She was terrified because it was a big black man. That's why she was terrified. Not because he was doing anything, only because he was a big, and he was big, black man. And she was just a little girl. A little girl with a gun and a badge. So she shot him. Hmm. But in... uh. Charlotte, the shooting there, now the family says that the guy was holding a book. The cops say he was holding a gun. All right? They've showed, they say they've shown the family the video, but they won't release the video to the public. Why is that? Did the video show that the guy really was holding a book? I mean, the... The police chief even admits, well, from the video, we cannot positively determine that he did, that he was pointing a gun at anybody. Meaning, what this says to me is that he was actually holding a book. And he was shot for holding a book. So much for the war on illiteracy, huh? Well, it tells a lot that they won't release it, folks. If they're not hiding anything, they wouldn't be hiding the video. They'd let everybody see it. All right. Well, hey, let's take a break. I'm, uh, well, I'm not early, but I'm not late for once. So let's take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. You've just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called, and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Friday, September 23rd, 2016. Oh, uh, let's see. It's almost 2.43 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's all true where you're at, well, we're live, 800-932-1980. Or 
you can go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. And uh, everything you need to know about this network is found on that website. And if you don't think so, hey, my email's there so you can ask whatever you'd like. Anywho, so there it is. We got a chat room there too you can participate in. Let's get back to the stuff because I'm not moving along as fast as I uh, should be. Uh, let's see. Oh man, you should see this, folks. I'm looking at a a, a picture of a look inside the Clinton campaign's hospital on wheels. Yeah, that's their little campaign van. You know, the ambulance. I mean, really. Folks, you know, uh, okay, how dumb is everybody, okay? Really, I've got to ask you, and I know this is a, this, look, don't take this personally, okay? If it doesn't apply to you, it doesn't apply to you, okay? But if it does, then by all means, be very insulted, because you are an idiot. I mean, honestly, who can sit there and have this wicked witch from hell tell everybody that, oh, I feel great, I'm in fine shape, and I am all good to go to be president. As soon as I get my campaign van, which happens to be an ambulance. Who the hell campaigns in an ambulance? Healthy people do not campaign in ambulances. You should see this thing, folks. I'm serious, man. This thing is... It's it's like a rolling doctor's office. It's nice. Probably cost a few million bucks. I mean, it, it's it's nice. Uh, wow. But you know, really, are you kidding me? Then again, hey, I don't know. I haven't been inside it. They claim, well, you know, that's just something, you know, the other one is just this other really nice van, which is, they got pictures of that too, which is leather seats. It's really, really nice, man. Uh, but, you know, the whole uh, the whole thing about this, I'm in perfect health, yet I travel around in an ambulance, you know, this is not, this, this, really, am I supposed to believe you? You're you're campaigning in an ambulance, and you're telling me that you're fine. What what's not adding up here, huh? Come on. Anywho, let's get on to some other stuff. Oh, made in America, mass incarceration, the prison industrial complex. Uh huh. If you purchase a product with the tag that says "Made in America." Which so many of you like to say, oh, we I gotta take a picture of damn Chinese. And people out there, you know, they act as though everything coming out of China is poison, everything out of China is junk, everything out of China is no good. But oh boy, made in the USA, now that's good. No, it isn't. Okay? At one time, it was. That time has passed. Okay? It doesn't make any difference. And plus, you think, oh, Made in the USA. Really? By who? Do you understand that there are a lot of foreign corporations 
making things in the United States. But when you buy in the USA, all the profit leaves the country and goes to the country, whoever, you know, whatever country they come from that owns the corporation. I mean, look at Chrysler. Chrysler is not a United States company anymore. Yep, made in America. It is very likely that it was actually made or manufactured by forced prison labor. Although American slavery was supposedly abolished in 1865, they call it a loophole. It's not a loophole, and the 13th Amendment has allowed it to continue as a punishment for crimes. Over the last 20 years, corporations that profit greatly from forced prison labor have spent millions of dollars lobbying Congress for a broader and broader definition of crime. As a result, the United States now has the largest prison population in the world with approximately, get this folks, because not so many years ago, it was 1 million. Then it was 2 million. Now it's 5 million people incarcerated in state and federal prisons. No other society in history has imprisoned more of its own citizens. Now in 2016, approximately two out of every hundred Americans are incarcerated, mostly for small, nonviolent offenses such as possession of marijuana or stealing a candy bar. Yeah. They go on. The average American violates laws every day. And that's a fact, folks. I told you, you can't get up and be awake for more than an hour before you've broken some law somewhere. Which makes you subject to prison. Which is why. Listen, folks, I don't just wake up and decide, eh, you know, revolution, there it is. Nobody wants revolution. Nobody wants a civil war. Nobody wants the collapse of civilization, but you know what? It's on the way, and we're not causing it, folks. They're causing it. The government is causing it with their failed, stupid policies that only make them rich and screw everybody else. It really, truly is, and I suggest that you go and do some reading this weekend about the Dark Ages. And, you know, it's sketchy because, well, they were the Dark Ages, okay? There was no, and why do they call it that? Because there was no education. Civilization collapsed. That's what the Dark Ages were. Because civilization, Western civilization, was Rome, the Roman Empire. When the Roman Empire collapsed, so did civilization, Western civilization anyway. Education stopped. Inventing stopped. Everything stopped, and everybody just tried to survive. While some scumbags that called themselves nobility rose to the top, used forced labor to build their stinking castles, and raped and robbed the land from the peasants living on it. And they did so by their honorable noble knights that were nothing but law enforcement thugs of the time. This is why they want you disarmed, folks. Because them peasants didn't have any guns. They didn't have any swords. Okay? Because if they did, things would have been a lot different. 
and the Dark Ages would have lasted a lot shorter period of time than they did. But the elite like it that way because they consider themselves nobility. See, they don't want to call themselves nobility because, you see, the Constitution says they can't have titles of nobility. So what they do is they just consider themselves the elite. They're the elite. They don't have titles of nobility. They're just the elite. Well, what's the difference? It's just a word. Well, I guess bribery and lobbying, they're just words too, right? So, you know, when you buy proudly made in the United States, yeah, well, you might want to look into where it came from. Because if you're buying prison labor, you know what? You're supporting a system of slavery right here in America because it is slavery. You can call it forced labor. You can call it prison labor. You can call it the prison industrial, uh, the prison industrial uh, complex or whatever else. It is slavery. You are taking people against their will and making them work for you for nothing. That's slavery. Whether it's in punishment for a crime. And you know what? Prisoners need to just say, no, I'm not working. You can't make me work. You can lock me in a cell. You could torture me. You could do a lot of things. But you cannot make me work. People need to... People need to grow a pair and start saying, no, I won't do that. And just like we say many times, well, they can't lock up everybody in America. Well, hey, they ain't got enough solitary confinement cells for every prisoner in the prison. If they all start saying, hell no, I'm not your slave, I'm not working for you. You know, you got all these black community leaders out there talking about slavery from 200 years ago. And how, oh, how, what a raw deal they got, and they should be paid now for like five generations ago's suffering. And meanwhile, the Jesse Jacksons and scumbag Sharptons completely ignore the fact that their people are being enslaved right now and being forced to work in prisons. Okay, well, there you go. Well, here's something else, and I've talked about this before. It's nice to be, uh, you know, validated by other legitimate news sources. U.S. concern for falling combat readiness of the Army. <sighs> really? The U.S. military are concerned about reduction of weapons in the Army, which undermines stability of the country. Representatives of the U.S. Government Accountability Office claim that from 1991 to 2015, the number of destroyers and bombers decreased by, get this, 58%. 58%? Folks, you know what? That's the better part of 60%. A 60% reduction? Really? Wow. While the Navy has faced reduction in its combat capacity by 18% since 1998. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Uh, mm -mm -mm. In order to increase the military budget, they try to achieve support in the Congress, grounding it with the... Uh, Growing threat from Russia. So now you know why Russia's the big bad guy. They want to spend more money. And you can bet 
and this is a bad thing, that when Donald Trump gets in there, he's going to want to spend a lot more money on the military just like Ronald Reagan did. Okay, and it's going to have the same effect, except, see, Trump doesn't have the economy Reagan did. Okay, it won't work. There ain't no money. We're too far in debt. What the real problem is, folks, is not the fact that our army is too small and our navy is too small and we don't have enough people out there killing folks. It's the fact that we have too many people out there killing folks. Get our troops to hell home. Get them back here in the United States. Build some bases along the southern border and reduce our forces to a defensive force rather than this aggressive bully running around the world enforcing the new world order. And that's all they're doing. They are enforcing the new world order for the punks like George Soros, who should be dead already. That's the problem. Now, here's something that you're probably going to read and. You know what? This this is this is part of the Clinton and Democratic committees. Uh, I won't say agenda, but I'd say uh, strategy. They have created a bunch of false websites. They make them look like legitimate news sites. Okay, and they do not put anywhere on there that this is a spoof site. You know, like the Onion. You know, the Onion would have, okay, this is a spoof site. When you go read about us, this is satirical, all right? These sites are deliberately out there trying to make, they're trying to make conservatives look stupid is what they're trying to do by putting out false information on their phony websites that will get you forwarding emails to each other and starting this echo chamber that is is passing bogus information so then it can be exposed later and you can all look like a bunch of idiots okay here it is breaking key hillary witness dies in car explosion another key hillary uh, witness dies in car explosion according to our source who decided to stay anonymous because he says i'm afraid for my safety blah 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 it goes on and on okay it's on, I counted, it is on verbatim, I'd say, 10 different sites that came up in the search. They're not all phony websites. Some of them are patriot websites that don't do their homework, and they just see anything that they is against Hillary and figure, I'm putting it on my page, whether it's true or not, and I don't care, and I ain't got time to check because I'm just a rumor mill. Yeah. Those sites. But a lot of them are just fake created sites by the Clinton campaign. Oh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, gosh. Steal the election rigged and da 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 da. Hmm. Hey, here's something I should uh, let you know. Pesticide used to control Zika mosquitoes causes birth defects and autism. Really? Wow, that's just great, huh? You know, this is just another case of where the cure is worse than the the disease. It's true. 
It's really, really true, and I, and it's so sad because it's, it's just, you know, and there's nothing you can do because they just say, oh, hey, Zika virus, mosquitoes, 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 and they get the media to get out there and, and whip up a frenzy, and then they say, well, we're doing something about it. We're going to spray for mosquitoes, and then they just start doing it. By the time anybody can get into action, you've already been poisoned by these people. It it really sucks. I mean, it's just like, you know, Agent Orange, man. Yeah, sure, eventually they paid the few guys that were still alive. But how many died while they were still saying, oh, no, it wasn't Agent Orange. Agent Orange completely safe. I got to go. I'll see you Monday. Stay tuned. We got good stuff coming up. And as always, thanks for listening. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. for business or staying in touch with family, your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at landset.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t dot com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio. 
What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men. America's best 100 men will test today. All right, guys, welcome to American Voice Radio. It's Freedom Call. And uh, boy, today, wind is blowing in Nevada, snowing up in Reno. Four little children were swept away in a river in Kentucky. I tell you, could be the end of the world. Now, let me give you some uh, other reasons. Number one, the United States has finally closed its embassy in Tripoli, basically bringing to a temporary end U.S. relationships with uh, Libya. Oil uh, production has been reduced in Libya. Protesters have control of the main oil city. In the United States, Triple uh, A says that the average cost for regular petroleum is three dollars and twenty-nine cents, and going up. It went up six cents since last night. And the airlines, you planning on flying anywhere? You're going to need more jingles. They have gone up five times just this year so far. And we're just uh, into February. <laughs> Oil has uh, spiked 9% higher. I mean, it is a mess. It makes you wonder why we don't go ahead and tap in to the resources Go see, apparently, God intends for us uh, to uh, use petroleum products. I mean, does God intend for us? He says, take command of this earth and all that's above it and below it. 
fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three win the Green Beret. Train to live off nature. Hello. 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 Oh, my. I am on. Okay. We're, uh, we are having trouble with the radio today. Don't know if it is part of uh, the end of the world or not. I was uh, right there where I was telling you that uh, oil has spiked and uh, a lot of things are seem like and that you know god intends us to use uh, seawater it's the most prolific the second most prolific uh, fluid on earth is oil <laughs> so maybe they suppose uh, with all the oil that is under the united states or within the united states can't we aren't we oil men from california oklahoma texas i mean Come on, fellas. What's going on here? All this dependency on foreign. You know, we, the one thing that I found in Saudi Arabia uh, is that the Arabs don't do. And I remember a program uh, where they used to do, 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 you know, the, the Twilight Zone. Boom. In America, got so fat, like Jay Leno would say, and so lazy that they hired people to do everything. And pretty soon, all uh, the people did were just turn into blobs as they watched other people doing literally everything. So let's get our heads out of uh, rectal defilade. Let's start using Obama. You hear this? Let's start using the natural resources that God has graced us with. Let's see if maybe we can't use a little Monroe Doctrine uh, before the voters have to, and before we demand a little Monroe Doctrine. And there's very few people that even know what is graced with resources. We can run our own country without dependability upon China in banks. Uh, now, do you realize that now, the exact time PM, 59 minutes, and the U.S. government 
one week from tonight. Now, what is going to happen? Well, and why and what is this all about? Uh, that. Because we uh, are having trouble, atmospheric trouble must be, could be the end of the world. I'm just uh, giving you some things that uh, might shock you, like the last thing I said, uh, not knowing whether you received it or not, is that one week from tonight, one week, seven days uh, from tonight at 11.59, and 59 seconds, basically that's midnight, seven days from now, the United States government is due to shut down. Why? This is because we have a $14.3 trillion debt ceiling to these banks that are not federal, and have no reserves. Every printed dollar is loaned into existence to these privately owned banks that we call uh, the Federal Reserve. And our debt ceiling, our debt uh, will cannot ever go down. Why? Because even the interest, $200 billion dollars, Even the interest we pay on the debt is borrowed into existence from these civilian banks that back in 1913, uh, they convinced everything was radio, uh, no, television, no, uh, any of these other communication devices, no, it was only newspapers. And so they bought up 50 newspapers. They propagandized the country. They made the country see under old Hickory. They tried to do the same thing. Now, old Hickory was 1832. He was our seventh president. And old Hickory was quite a president. Where is he today? It certainly isn't in Obama. It certainly isn't in Al Gore or many me Bush. But old Hickory, can you imagine telling the Federal Reserve, this is exactly what old hickory said he said you i'm quoting are a den of vipers 
and thieves. And by the power of the Almighty, I will rout you out. And old Hickory did. Andy Jackson. The debt of the United States when Andy Jackson left office was zero. Z-E-R-O. Nada. Nil. And today, well, it took us all the way from Andy Jackson and uh, to Ronald Reagan to get to $1 trillion in debt. But, you know, with uh, Obama, (laughs) we are now at the debt ceiling, $14.3 trillion. And we are, it goes up $4 billion every day, every day. And it cannot go down because every dollar is loaned into existence. So this is, I mean, what happens? Well, I can tell you something, friends. People who are dependent upon government checks, government jobs, I've been through this once. When I was stationed at the Pentagon, the government ran, at, uh, the, had no more money in the budget. The Congress had not voted uh, to have the budget, and so the government shut down. And, uh, I mean, it's interesting to see uh, in the Pentagon, you switch off the big screen. I mean, you know, in the Navy, the ships that were going to put to sea, uh, they just drop anchor again. In the Air Force, people pull the throttles back and taxi uh, back to the revetments. So that is going to happen when, and this isn't Bo Greit saying this, this is the U.S. Congress and what has happened. We will reach the debt ceiling, $14 trillion, $300 billion, one week, and so seven days from tonight at midnight, the U.S. government shuts down. That means no more government checks is what that means. Now, here, and you understand why, because there is a debt ceiling. We cannot have government, it is law, go higher than $14,300,000,000,000. And we are right now within one week of that. All right, so... Uh, that's why it will shut down. Now, can it uh, be regenerated? Can the shutdown, uh, can the hand on the switch actually be stopped, like the governor uh, halting an execution? Yes. Well, what's the problem? The problem is that the House of Representatives, the Republicans, control it. And the Republicans and the Democrats control the U.S. Senate by a narrow margin. And so the the Republicans say, we are not going to vote for any bill to continue government operations that doesn't include a debt reduction. The Republicans want $61 billion cut out of uh, what Obama would spend. And the Democrats, 
uh, are saying uh, no. And so the Republicans are saying, hey, unless we cut the budget, $61 billion, we are not going to vote. Well, right now, uh, we have, of course, a Republican Speaker of the House, and we have a Democrat uh, who is President Pro Tem of the Senate, the Senate leader, Harry Reid. And so they are trying to work some kind of compromise. But Republicans got the House, they say, no, we won't uh, pass, uh, we won't vote. We are not going to pass anything that doesn't have $61 billion cut out of Obama's bulging budget. And the Democrats are saying, but, 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 uh, if you shut down the government, now is this a popular thing? Well, (laughs) if you're on Social Security and that's all that you have, for income, for utilities, for food, then it means that uh, you would not, if if nobody does anything, if the Congress does not vote to extend the debt uh, for however short a time, then one week from tonight at midnight, that's it. If you're due to get a Social Security check or your military retirement or you have any kind, there's 200, uh, 200, let me think, I want to get it right. Um, Oh, gosh, my mind has suddenly failed me. But I, oh, no, I do know, too. There's actually uh, 201.6, this came like a flood, pensioned people that get Social Security and this kind of stuff, uh, well, you're, uh, it would mean a stop to that. Now, what is probably going to happen? Having been through this, uh, I think Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House uh, the last time that the government uh, uh, said, whoop, I guess we better close the doors of Congress and by the way, uh, you don't need to go to work, uh, Mr. President and Secretary of Defense. Uh, just pull back the throttles. Anyway, it, it wasn't long. It was just a very short period of time, and Congress finally got off their duff, and they came to grips, and they voted, and the government started it back up again. And so what is going to happen is that early this next week, We're at Friday now, and so early this next week, uh, Congress, meaning the House and the Senate, uh, Maynard is working uh, with Reed. Uh, They are going to try and come to some kind of short-term agreement. But I'm just telling you that uh, the uh, end of the fuse is within sight. And I expect, but see, the Republicans, to tell you the truth, (laughs) I don't think they want uh, to see uh, 201 uh, pensioner, uh, 1 million, 201 million. Um, You know something? I'm sorry. The what the, it, it, you gotta be patient with old guys. The government pensions are $201 billion. Well, 
those pensioners do not want uh, to lose their check. And in some cases, I know people very close to me that that is their only source of income. And because the Republicrats say we won't go on unless there is a $61 billion reduction in Obama's budget, uh, it's a good way uh, to get stoned, hung, uh, or people to at least uh, you know, blast you verbally. Uh, and so uh, the Democrats are saying, no, we have to spend all this money. The Republicans are saying, no, we have a debt ceiling. There's a reason for this. So it'll be kind of interesting, and you should. I See, I don't care which way you go. To me, uh, the end is on the way. Uh, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and prayerfully it's not uh, New Jersey. And so, uh, you know, I, uh, a lot of things happen. A lot of things are happening. And so call, but you should get active into this. So call your two representatives. Call your, I'm sorry, <laughs> God, today's not my day. Two senators you have, and you have one representative. Call them up and uh, tell them how you feel. Regardless of whether they're Republicrats or Democrats, you call them up and say, I want to get my Social Security check, and if you're going to shut down the government in one week, it means that as of I usually get my Social Security at the first of the month, it means it, uh, that the presses stop over at the Treasury. And so you can express to them your feelings. That is what this representative government is supposed to be about, all right? Now then, uh, Glenn Beck, I, I'm not going to spend any time on him, but he is a little darling uh, for many of you. You watch Glenn Beck. Well, Glenn Beck sometimes uh, lets his mouth uh, outrun his brain. And uh, <laughs> while everybody from the Godfather uh, on, you know, you name it, uh, has, uh, has missed an opportunity to keep quiet, Glenn Beck now on his program was comparing rabbis to Islamic radicals. Well, when Jewish people own and control the media, do you think that Glenn Beck is going to get into trouble for that? Now, if he would have compared uh, southern governors or Republican or whatever governors uh, or even Democratic uh, governors uh, with uh, uh, Islamic radicals, uh, nothing would have happened. But when you compare rabbis to Islamic radicals, and to tell you the truth, uh, my I, I know some Islamic radicals. I would say that Khalid Alem Alazare, the guy that they arrested yesterday in Lubbock, Texas, uh, because he was building. Uh, what the FBI is charging, weapons of mass destruction, I don't uh, agree. Uh, but nevertheless, this guy is uh, a an Islamic radical, and he was targeting 
uh, Minnie Me Bush's house in uh, Dallas, Texas, and that's not right, is it? Uh, and uh, he also, by the way, was targeting 12 dams in Colorado and California. And he planned on, uh, oh, and he was targeting nuclear power plants. And he planned to hide his explosives that he was uh, mixing together in infant dolls, D-O-L-L-S, baby dolls. Well, you know, this kid, and I don't, I'm not trying, and I would be wrong if I gave you formulas and if I taught you how to make uh, destructive devices, because there could be some nut listening. Uh, this goes, this broadcast goes all over the world. But uh, what I'm saying is, remember the bomb-making school uh, there <laughs> with uh, the new al-Qaeda uh, headquarters in Yemen? Uh, they haven't had a bomb go off yet. <laughs> and so I believe that some good special forces guy uh, is the chief instructor, and he's just leaving out uh, one uh, major component. And so uh, these guys are putting <laughs> what they think are weapons of mass destruction. But you see, it's the intent, isn't it? When you, uh, when you let's call it thin, because it's Friday, so uh, all the Muslims are uh, looking at it as a holy day, and uh, Jewish people, when the sun goes down, it's supposed to be the Sabbath until sundown Saturday. So being from Oklahoma, uh, give me just a little bit of license to preach at you. When you sin, are you judged? Are we taught in the scriptures by what you do or what you intended to do? Well, it's really the intent. If this guy from Saudi Arabia, who's 20 years old, is uh, got notes and uh, he emailed himself a lot of this stuff, so he's not real bright, even though he said he mastered the English language and was going to college. Uh, he's legally here in the United States, so he didn't slip across the border with Al Qaeda. So this 20-year-old guy, Al Azuri, uh, Al Wazuri. Uh, he is uh, an individual, uh, Islamic radical, but his intent is to take many American lives and destroy as much of America as he might be able to get away with. The fact that he obviously doesn't know anything about real demolitions is, as far as I'm concerned, wonderful. And, you know, if I was the FBI, if I was uh, the BATF, I would put on the Internet all these uh, phonied-up uh, explosive uh, formulas and one thing and the other just so that these guys like Al-Wazari can come over here, goes on the Internet and says, oh, boy, now here is a weapon of mass destruction. You take uh, water, uh, you take a firecracker fuse, uh, and you put it all in a big uh, Lister bag, and you light the fuse. Uh, good. 
because it means that there'll never be a bomb go off, and prayerfully we'll catch every one of these people. And Al Wazuri right now, he's going to, he's pled not guilty. Jeez, you'd think he'd be proud as an Arab, uh, as a Islamic radical uh, to say, yep, I did it, uh, and I'd do it again. But, you know, he's using the American system, uh, saying he's not guilty, even though you know, he, he obviously is guilty of sin. He is facing life in prison and a $250,000 fine. Well, hey, hallelujah. Let's get every one of these nuts, and uh, uh, maybe we'll have, well, that's what this guy who now is the titular head of Egypt, he is the CIA's man in uh, in Egypt. He actually ran a prison for the CIA when they had guys that they couldn't send to Gitmo, to Guantanamo. They would send them to foreign prisons, and that way the people running the foreign prisons, this guy who's now uh, president of, uh, of Egypt, uh, he, was, he personally was the one who was torturing uh, these CIA prisoners. And the CIA was clear to say, we never tortured anybody. No, we didn't. But our contract prison director in Egypt, you know, was uh, torturing them gladly. Uh, the more they holler and scream, probably the, the more your uh, CIA contract is extended or uh, the more gold you get. By the way, another guy's in trouble. It just shows that weird things are going on all over. And that is that uh, uh, Charlie Sheen. Now, you've seen Charlie Sheen. He's always, uh, you know, stripping himself down naked and throwing himself in the road as, a, you know, an animal lover or a green lover or against, uh, you know, global warming or whatever. Well, Charlie Sheen... Uh, lost it, and he was on the radio, and he was blasting the executive director of this uh, uh, two and a half men. Now, I got to admit, I have never seen two and a half men. I don't know what two and a half men means other than two uh, adult uh, males and a dwarf or maybe a child. I don't know what it means, but Charlie Sheen apparently is the star. And CBS uh, had uh, cut about 19 episodes and only had like 17 more to go. And the first one was to be shown uh, this coming week. And Charlie Sheen was so uh, outrageous in his criticism of CBS, of the show Two and a Half Men, of the executive director, and uh, all of this stuff that CBS said, that's it. And so with all the money and all of the people that work two and a half men, uh, for all the, like, 19 episodes that they had finished, they just canned it all. So you won't see two and a half men <laughs> unless you're seeing an old rerun that uh, somebody has probably pirated. That's CBS News uh, Network, by the way. And what CBS is going to do, what are they going to do? Because they got this uh, program, I guess it's an hour program, 
uh, scheduled. Well, they're going to fill in with Mike and uh, and Molly, and I really don't know. I haven't seen that either. And they're going to uh, fill in with rules of engagement. So if you like rules of engagement or Mike or Molly, and you don't like two and a half men, uh, tune in to CBS. But, you know, these stars uh, do, re- I guess they think all of a sudden, maybe uh, it's a Hollywood uh, pill. Gaddafi is saying that uh, all the young people that are protesting there in uh, Libya uh, are uh, having been given efficacy and LSD uh, by foreign governments and foreign press. Well, I think whatever they're smoking over there that gives Gaddafi reason to to claim that, maybe uh, they're passing that pill around because there sure is a lot of strange things going on in Holly Weird. And just speaking about uh, Holly Weird, um, there's a lot of us uh, who uh, do, uh, well, we have to have that television for entertainment because uh, we live so far away from everything else that uh, you go out at night and see the Milky Way and all this kind of stuff. So there's major advantages. But uh, there's going to be, what I'm saying is, there's going to be the uh, Academy Awards uh, this weekend. And uh, I uh, will make a, a prediction or two. And the, the there actually were some good films. And uh, one of the good films was The King's Speech. And I normally, I don't, I don't especially, I don't go to movies uh, much. Uh, one is uh, I like things that are factional instead of fictional. And there is so much uh, drama and the made-up stuff you know, real life is always uh, far more interesting to me than uh, stuff that, you know, Hollyweird uh, comes up with. And so the king's speech is a true story. Just before World War II, uh, the king of England died. His brother, if you'll remember, wanted to marry a common uh, nur. And did, well, this woman had been divorced, and of course the king is uh, the head of the church uh, in England, the Church of England, and uh, they forbid uh, the the royal, uh, the king, uh, to marry one who's been divorced. So the bottom line is the king uh, turns over his crown. Well, his brother uh, was a man who had a, a terrible speech impediment. Now, I'm really interested in this. One, because it actually happened. Secondly, because uh, it's war. The world uh, was involving itself in war when, uh, I think it's King George VI came to power, and uh, he had this awful speech impediment right at the time when the people of Great Britain... Now, see, it's not just England. Boy, in those days, uh, you know, Great Britain, uh, the flag uh, flew over uh, many nations. 
So they needed to be reassured by the king as to what was going to happen. And uh, this guy could not even get up to a microphone and say good evening. And so it, uh, having been a, a therapist, a hypnotherapist, I have you know, worked with people with uh, stuttering and speech impediment, and hypnosis is just uh, like a magic pill. Wow, it's just uh, all of a sudden uh, what would take a psychiatrist nine or ten years in psychotherapy to accomplish uh, in an hour, maybe a day, maybe a week, uh, the person is cured. And so uh, you could tell immediately, if you had any experience, you know, what was wrong with the king. When he was a youngster, he had undergone a, a, you know, some traumatic events involving his dad, which I think was King George V. We fought against uh, King George Third. That was our uh, American War for Independence. And King George I couldn't speak a word of English. He was all, it was all uh, Germans back in those days. Anyway, uh, this uh, therapist, who turns out not to be a doctor, not to be a certified, qualified speech therapist, but this guy who actually uh, provides a cure for the king, this was real that allowed him to take the microphone and make a very powerful, reassuring speech to all of the people of Great Britain and the world, the free world. Because Hitler was marching uh, into the Sudetenlands, and uh, Hitler was uh, just at the point of uh, the battle for Britain. And uh, it was such an interesting movie. Well, I'm going uh, to predict that uh, in the Academy Awards, the King's Speech ought to win. How about that? And uh, the person who played uh, that role, uh, Colin Firth, F-I-R-T-H, I believe, I think that he's going to be the best actor. And a lot of you don't care, and I understand it. And another great movie was uh, True Grit. But uh, you know who's going to probably win uh, the best actress is Natalie uh, uh, Post uh, uh, Portman. Uh, and uh, it's about Black Swan. And uh, I didn't see the movie uh, because it has a homosexual theme. And I'm not interested in promoting uh, homosexuality. And so, but you know how it is. And let me show you uh, how it is, because uh, today, uh, for the first time ever in the history of the United States, I mean, if you can believe all this stuff, uh, they, a man by the name of Jeremy Bernard has been appointed by Obama as the White House Social Secretary. That's the person that organizes the Easter egg roll and all that. But what makes it uh, such an epic a day 
uh, for news is he's the first time that an openly homosexual uh, has been appointed to one of these chief positions in the White House. Jeremy Bernard is uh, openly uh, homo. And uh, he is, as of uh, this moment, the White House social secretary. So if all of a sudden you think that makes you eligible uh, to uh, get in on the Easter egg roll, call the White House. Let's see, what is it? It's 202-456-1111. 202 is Washington District of Criminals. 456 is all the White House numbers. And then 1111, I think, is the White House um, uh, switchboard. And uh, you can express uh, your gratitude or your opinion uh, if you want to. That's what they have the White House opinion poll for. But uh, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Jeremy, which is a nice uh, a nice name, Jeremy Bernard. And now, see, you know at least one uh, person in the White House. This guy is the social secretary. Why not? And um, Obama has uh, sort of kept his promise. Obama promised that he was going to appoint uh, lesbians and... Uh, I guess I guess I don't know what the generic term is. Homosexuals to high positions in his administration, and so now you see they. Uh, one thing that uh, the, the people like Jeremy Bernard they contributed millions and millions of dollars to Obama's election campaign. And so now this is a way that uh, the president is saying uh, thank you. All right, now there are uh, you know so many things that uh, are going on. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, one thing I know this sounds like trivia to you, but I just want you to see that one week from when uh, there will be. Not one penny of $201 billion being sent out in Social Security money. Now, you know, besides Social Security, you know another uh, big uh, recipient? And, uh, you know, that would be $800 billion uh, for Medicaid and Medicare. And $705 billion, actually, for Social Security. $201 $201 billion in pensions for government uh, people. And uh, SSI, that, those are the people who are uh, all, in all kinds of situations. But disabled, for example, uh, you get Social Security insurance, and uh, that is a $434 billion program. Well, uh, all that comes to a screeching halt in one week from midnight tonight. And uh, it's sort of like, uh, you remember Nero, (laughs) while he fiddled while Rome burned? Well, last night, uh, rather than Obama having beer 
uh, with the Republicans and the Democrats uh, trying to figure out uh, what are we going to do to keep the government uh, solvent, or not solvent by any means, but afloat. Uh, they had a Motown. Now, I love Motown myself, and I have a radio station that I, uh, a little FM station, I play Motown all the time. Uh, and so uh, Obama, uh, meaning both the first lady and the president, uh, invited a lot of, uh, of old Motown people, and uh, they had a big Motown party last night at the White House. Why not have a big party? What the heck? Light it up. We can fiddle uh, while uh, Washington District of Criminals uh, burns. Anyway, uh, the, the story of the Motown party at the White House is uh, Jamie Foxx uh, challenging Barack Obama uh, to dance uh, to Motown music. Now, you see, uh, for me, Motown music is, uh, is right, right at the prime of my life. But I think Obama uh, was a lot younger. Anyway, he uh, sort of kept uh, kept tune, and uh, everybody was applauding. And gosh, I wonder what they'll be doing next week at midnight, uh, applauding. I suppose. <laughs> now, here, let me give you uh, something that I uh, actually ran out of time on, but uh, I can do it with you uh, here today. The what is going on over in the Middle East? Uh, this is like a chess game. You have got to actually look three to four moves ahead and not get uh, confused or lost because your opponent, of course, would quickly beat you. But here is what the whole idea is. The Arab nations do not like the United States. None of them. Why? Because they see America as an overdosed, alcoholic, uh, womanizing, all the things that we call Bill Clinton. Well, against the, when you look at the Quran, uh, none of these things that America does I mean, uh, Mayor uh, Goodman of Lost Wages, Sin City, is talking on the news. Uh, I just, as I was surfing, I caught him. He said uh, they were discussing whether to legalize prostitution in Las Vegas. Now, uh, there, Nevada has got uh, houses of soil doves all over the place. And uh, But in Las Vegas, while everything basically is for sale, the fact is that prostitution is not legalized. And uh, what do you think is going to probably happen? Now, you drive over the mountain pass at what we call Blue Diamond, and at Pahrump, uh, there you are. Uh, you've got uh, the girls. That's where the chicken ranch is, as a matter of fact. Yeah, the the chicken ranch. <laughs> and so, uh, I'll, would you want to bet, what do you think the odds are in Las Vegas that there's going to be legalized prostitution? Do you think this is good or bad? 
do you see a, any kind of Sodom and Gomorrah tied to this thing at all? Well, I do. Anyway, the point is, what is happening? The Arabs say, don't uh, embrace America because America is completely corrupt. The people are immoral. Uh, the people uh, claim uh, to worship God. And you know the Arabs, or the Muslims, not the Arabs, the Muslims believe that Jesus Christ comes in the end to claim the world for Almighty God. Now the Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.